Let's do it. Get Millie prepared. Bring it in. I'm going to try to bring the thunder. All right, here we go. the fuck no all right hey everybody welcome. <clears throat> hey everyone welcome to very <laughs> <laughs> welcome to very unreasonable things a podcast where we talk about stuff so much energy here so that morose motherfucker is I josh like lindsey whip hey shut up i'm introducing shut up hmm? i'm introducing you okay sorry like i said that morose motherfucker is josh lindsey I'm Billy Bond. Not a howdy. And we got Daniel Sanders back on the episode. Yes, they do. It's a great honor to be here again. So here's what we're going to do here. Josh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Halloween 1 and 2. Why don't you go ahead and throw that uh, Halloween 1 synopsis at us. Are you going me- to mesh them or are you going to do 2 and 1? I, I mean, are we, are we just... We're not doing it. Starting right off the bat, just just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Money's on the What about foreplay, Daniel? No. Uh All right. How's the weather in Sweden? It's fucking horrible. It's Sweden. What do you think? (laughs) All right. Next question. (laughs) How do you want the weather to be in Sweden? A lot like Mississippi right now, if I'm going to be honest. Wow. Daniel, run your fucking episode, man. Dead air. <laughs> uh, yeah, Josh, you want to go ahead and tell us what this Halloween is all about? So we got that one question about the weather in Sweden now, Josh. Are you satisfied? I mean, that's what us men do to women all the time anyway. So here, I'll tickle that for a second. And All right, you ready? Here it comes. <laughs> We're talking about the, uh, the magnum opus, right? Of the slasher movies, the 1978 fucking classic. And it's three years later, but same night sequel. Yeah. 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 This was Daniel's yeah. pick. Daniel. That was yeah. a, a formula copied by Friday the 13th. Right. Well, yes. That, and like, no. You know, this happened this day. This happened the next day. We're just going to do fucking four movies in a three-day period somehow? No, but the the, the time between the movies is kind of um, surprising. 78 to 81? I mean, that's... Yeah. Well, somebody found out they didn't really, some money. I didn't really cash in on um, the initial success of the first one immediately, like... Uh, the industry would do now. Well, yeah, if it was a Saw movie, they would have, there'd have been six of those motherfuckers in production. Yeah, it is wild that they waited so long because, I mean, it was obviously a hit, you know? So three years. I mean, I get waiting for the next Halloween, but, but yeah, three years does seem a little long. With, and, and with, when it comes to Friday the 13th, I thought that they were uh, well, a lot quicker. 
It's, I thought well, it was like every other year you had a Friday the 13th until it was really like, oh, shit. And then every year you got Jason doing some No, shit. they 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 time travel in the Friday the 13th series big time. We say it's a, a long time. But it's for a horror movie. It's a long time. I mean, like if you were talking about like a sci-fi movie or something like that, a big budget movie, then it takes a little time to make those movies. They do stay in production a little while. But yeah, a fucking horror movie where it's low budget and you're just spitting out some fake blood with a very thin plot. You should be able to get those out every year, but you know, it's probably because, you know, John Carpenter didn't want to do it again. And you know, whoever stepped in, I'm sure you got the name, Josh, somebody stepped in and was like, let's make another movie so we can make some more money. Oh yeah. Which, it was uh, Mustafa Cotton. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He, he definitely knew he hit a lick on this one. He actually, he actually produced every one of the Halloween movies until he died. You want to know how he died that I found out? Yeah. Yeah. It was a terrorist attack in Jordan. Yeah. In 2005. It was a terrorist attack <laughs> in 2005. You're correct, Josh. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty wild. I was like, wow. But he stuck in it. He was like, yeah, this thing is a, uh, a money machine. I mean, it's a quality machine, but it, but yeah, but yeah, uh, Carpenter in. and Deborah Hill also like they wrote the second one as well, though. Yeah, and I saw he didn't uh, direct it. It was uh, Rick Ren- Rosenthal. Rick Rosenthal. Well, he I directed just, Halloween Resurrection. I saw. Well, he came fuck, back. Fuck that motherfucker, then. <laughs> yeah. Did he? I saw where Deborah Hill had thought about directing part two at one point, but then she decided not to because she didn't want to be seen as. Uh, John Carpenter's protege. I didn't know her married at the time. And I don't even know if she went on to direct anything, but she stayed like a, a pretty successful producer in her own right. Even after she and John Carpenter divorced. Um, But yeah, she, she deserves a lot of credit for the first Halloween. Um, All the dialogue between the, the girls I mean, that was written by her, and Carpenter mainly stuck to the Loomis dialogue. Well, thank God somebody was there to write some dialogue, because if it wasn't for the dialogue between those girls, this movie would be, what, 20 minutes long? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but they're also the central characters. So. But yeah, you were saying something about the, the gap. like the three year gap because their budget on Halloween one was, was like 375,000. Yeah. And it pulled in with the box office. Josh, take it away. How much did they take at the box office? Oh, it made like, um, 25 million or something. 30 something. It made Buku's. Well, 70. 70. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Uh, I've got the number just not on, but it was the, uh, most successful, uh, independent movie for the huge. longest time. Huge numbers. Hey, let's stop for just a second. People just have to hear Half voice ass this episode. That's right. <laughs> We're back on, by the way. Yeah. Half ass this episode. Speaking of half ass. Daniel said something about a synopsis. So yeah, you, Daniel. You doing both of them together? Or you doing one and the other? Um, my synopsis, it 
because this is a continuation uh two movies you know um the second one picks up right after the first one shit moments after do we need to start over the whole episode yeah uh, so we're live so doing this part. Alright, here we go, here we go. No moving. Hello everyone, welcome to the Very Unreasonable Things podcast. I'm joined by Josh Lindsay. Howdy, howdy. I'm Billy Bone, and back with us, Daniel Sanders. How are you? Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Glad glad to be here. Glad to have you back. And as you may know, if you listened to our first episode that we released, Daniel is, I guess, what we call a semi-permanent member. Um, anytime he's available, he's going to be on the episode, so we don't consider it a special guest as much as just you know the, third, the third part that can't be here the all the time. Honor. Yeah, the greatest honor. Yeah, the greatest honor. So, yeah, we got Daniel back with us this week. Uh, Daniel wanted to talk about a couple of movies. Daniel, what movies were we talking about today? I want to discuss Halloween and Halloween 2, the originals. So... so Oh, I thought you was going to say the Rob Zombie classics. No, those are next week. Yeah, they're not classics either. I know Josh and I have different opinions about those movies, and maybe we should talk about it at some point. I do agree with one thing he said. At least Rob Zombie had a vision. But yeah, the movies also had a vision. The movies also look really good. Like, say what you want about Rob Zombie. Like, his movies have a. A, a style and a substance to them. Now, look, I don't, I don't defend those movies um, so vehemently like you think I do, but they are better than a lot of the movies that followed in this franchise, in my opinion. Motherfucker, I know you're not talking about Halloween Resurrection. No, I love that movie. I'll, I'll fucking nah. No, nobody likes that movie. Joke about that. Nobody. That's, That's definitely the worst. the worst one. Buster yes. Rhymes doesn't even like that movie. And he got he to do should. Kung Fu. He wrote all his dialogue. In 15 minutes, I heard. I could believe it. <laughs> I could believe I, that. You know, I say that, but I've never actually seen the movie all the way through. I've seen only like bits and pieces of it. I kind of refused to watch it out of principle. When I found out that Buster Rhymes defeated Michael Meyer with Kung Fu movies or Kung Fu you know, moves that he saw in movies on TV. Yeah. Good you know what the worst part of that movie is? And it's not even the Kung Fu part. Uh, no shit. Buster Rhymes dresses down Michael Myers. and Michael Myers walks away. Yeah. He pucks him out. Yep. Well, you know, it, it was what, was that the 2000s when that movie came out, or was that the 90s? 2002, 2003. Because obviously H2O was 20 years later, so that would have been, what, 70, 78, so 98? 98. Yep. I don't know when Resurrection came out, but, you know, that was in that time frame where movies had to start 
That's where we kind of got to that point where movies had to be hip. People had to say witty things and, you know, tell the killer about how stupid they are. And cause you've seen that shit. You've seen it happen in Scream. You've seen it happen in, you know, just other horror movies at the time where there was always some sassy character that would talk down. Yeah. To and they're all intellectual about a certain topic. Yeah. One random topic. Horror movies, urban legends. Kelly Rowland's character. Ke- Kelly Rowland's <clears throat> character in Freddy versus Jason when she dressed down Freddy Krueger. Yeah, but she, at least she ended up like being a part of the death count. Yeah, like, Buster Rhymes ended up being the the hero. Hero, though. Yeah. And I think it's all like you can go back and blame. You know, these screenwriters who uh, just stole the notes from Quentin Tarantino. And, you know, Kevin Williamson, he was all about that witty dialogue. And, yeah, you know, he wrote Scream, Scream 2, H2O. Um, and you, and yeah, it was happening in TV shows a lot. You had, what, Dawson's Creek out around that time. Which was Kevin Williamson as well. Yeah, then you had Buffy the Vampire Slayer where, you know, it had a lot of witty dialogue. In, in those shows... It worked, but when you forced it, now maybe in Scream it works, you know, because that was a new franchise. But in Halloween, you know, you're and because Wes Craven was right, like <laughs> attached heavily, possibly. Well, it, it worked in Scream because it was, it was um, Kevin Williamson was commenting on horror movies, so his characters were. just sort of this reflection of the time. Like I don't even, when I watch scream now, I don't even take it as a character, each character like Randy and Rose McGowan's character, you know, they're just, just movie fans. It's just a projection. I don't even count scream as part of that, but like H2O. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, imagine if, you had a Texas Chainsaw Massacre where somebody was talking to Leatherface or one of the members of the family like that. We did. We did. It's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Get them, cuz. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'd wipe that one from my memory. As well, you should. Well, There's a I, few Texas I, Chainsaw Massacre movies you should wipe through. I take that back then. It did happen, and nobody liked it. Ow. Fuck witty dialogue where it doesn't belong. Hey. And I have no problem with witty dialogue. I do have a problem with, uh, and, and we've talked about this before. I have a problem when you feel like you have to throw dialogue in where it doesn't belong or the need for, for the main character to have some little zinger at the end right before they kill the, the bad guy and then win that showdown. Like to me, like especially in a horror movie and you're trying to scare people, it should be this person escaping by the skin of their fucking teeth. And instead of throwing out one liners, they should be thankful that they fucking survived. Yeah, exactly. Cause whenever you got uh, someone that's trying to survive and they're throwing one liners and everything, it's like, come on, man. If it was me, I ain't talking, I ain't saying anything. I'm getting I'm out of here. This, this like Peeing my pants and crying on the way out the door. Please don't kill me. No. That's the reason he keeps catching up to all these fucking people. They're just throwing these one liners at them. Yeah. And everybody wonders why he walks so slow, but keeps catching up to everybody. Let me stop and say something cool. This is going on my uh, TikTok page. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think exactly. I think that sort of lends credence to just how good the the genre was in the eighties when you didn't have that. Um, you know, I I often go back when I think about slashers to like Friday Thirteenth. You know, when you think about the sequel and 3D and Final Chapter. There was nothing like that at all. You don't need it. Yeah. You know, honestly, it just makes a movie feel cheap. Even if it's a good movie, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a cheap ploy by the movie. Yeah. Um, it dates it to me for one, too. I mean, you can watch a, a slasher movie from the 80s and other than the obvious 80s aesthetic it's not like the dialogue is saying hey we're the 80s or whatever it's just a sign of the times and it's it's almost like I know once we got to the 90s and 2000s you know people wanted to kind of look back and be like oh the 80s were so campy you know you had big hair shoulder pads and ladies suits and things like that and you know it was so you know whatever and we're going to prove that we're way hipper than that. And I guess part of that was the one-liner in horror movies. or you know, And like I said, people trying to be sassy all the time when it wasn't needed. It doesn't, it doesn't add to the terror. You're trying to make a movie that scares people, but you got them acting like fucking comedians. Yeah, exactly. If you want a movie to be scary and actually scary, then you got to be pretty heavy on the scary and the fear factor. You know, I mean, yeah, throw something in there, some type of comic relief, maybe, but not ridiculous stuff. Just a couple of small things. But, but, but where they get to where you're talking about is they just keep going with it. Everybody's got to have their own couple of zingers that they got to work into everything. Yeah. And it, it takes away from it. You know what you do? You put a, you put one person in there as comic relief, and then you promptly kill that person like Shelly in Friday the 13th Part 3. There you go. And then you was get down he the comic relief? I mean, he was the silly guy, yeah. the silly fat guy that everybody laughed at. So, yeah. I mean, if he's the butt of the joke, does that make you the comic relief? Friday Thirteenth Part Three had. We are not here to solve the mysteries of the universe, Josh. That's uh, a different it, podcast. It felt pretty short on, on the. But on I'm the saying, but he was the lighthearted part, right? And then you had uh, what was it Franklin in Part Five? No, that, no, Franklin was in... Never mind, I'm thinking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But the guy that had the chocolate bar, they got killed at the very beginning of the movie. And you have a couple of those people. The, uh, But they die. They're not there at the end of the movie. you know. They're, and they're not making jokes when they're in the process of possibly being mutilated. They're making jokes when they're with other characters before they know anything's wrong. I mean, Randy in Scream yeah. 2 is literally making a joke. When he got thrown into the van. Well, they were probably making fun of horror movies at the time at that point. Like, look, this shit's getting stupid now. Whatever. We're not talking about that type of movie today. We're talking about Halloween. That's yeah. right. And there's not a lot of jokes in these first two. Not a lot of jokes. Just a bunch of needless evil killing. Yeah. Which is the way I like it. <laughs> Some of this killing was gore-free. Completely. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
I think that they used one small bottle of fake blood and had plenty left over. Oh yeah, they didn't. They didn't need much in the first one. The, the bud, the blood budget was pretty minuscule. There's more blood in that razor blade in the tongue scene in Halloween yeah, Two yeah. than there is in the entire first movie. That that might be the most horrific thing in both these movies, and the dumbest. But we'll get to that. Well, I got I got an yeah. idea about some shit that I think is dumb too, and it happens in both movies. But yeah, I guess we'll get to that. All right. Well, I'll introduce my synopsis. I'm Josh Lindsay, and I'm going to do this Halloween synopsis. Howdy, howdy. Welcome to the podcast. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Samuel Jackson would say in Jurassic Park. Remembers that? No. Okay. I, man, when you well, said butts, go. I was thinking of Tina Belcher. I'm Bob's Burgers. <laughs> nice. Oh, I yeah. We need to. Yeah, never mind. Nobody would care or know. All right. Halloween. When John Carpenter and Deborah Hill set out in 1978 to make a movie about a guy who really, really hates babysitters, they didn't know they were going to be making the grandfather of slasher movies or be the patient zero of a genre that would leave every film company scrambling to make a copy ride the coattails of this surprise hit. But that's exactly what they did. With a simple formula and the right ingredients, they birthed a horror icon and left their mark on an industry that would never be the same. And that is where we start in 1963 on Halloween night, where young Michael Myers is practicing the art of peeping Tom watching his sister and her boyfriend awkwardly fool around on the couch. Spoiler alert, this pervert perfects the art of peeping. And when the couple decide to take the party upstairs, but as quickly as they ascend the stairs, Judy's boyfriend is rushing out the front door. And what we can only assume is an underwear full of cum and an ego filled with embarrassment. And that is when Michael decides to spare his sister of a future filled with the guys who premature ejaculate and undoubtedly leave her alone and unsatisfied. He's so actually doing these ladies a service. I mean, really. So when Michael enters a room, enter Judith's room to play stabby, stabby, good time with a butcher knife, Judith, forgetting the rules of the game, promptly loses. When Michael heads out the front door, proud that he had given his sister more strokes than her loser boyfriend could, <laughs> is met by his parents. And when they find the little rascal on the front lawn, bloody knife in hand, they stand there, frozen, kinda, just standing there. Not a single word passed between them. Just standing there. Yep, Carpenter wasn't yelling cut until he finished his cigarette, goddammit. After serving 15 years in the Illinois State Mental Health Hospital, Michael decides to release himself on his own recognizance and yeets the fuck out of there while driving off in a stolen car, leaving behind the doomsayer doctor, Sam Loomis. Loomis soon gives chase after Michael, realizing how bad this is going to look on his next job application, and heads to Haddonfield, because if Loomis knows anything, its home is where the heart is. 
And with Michael finally free of being institutionalized and his sights set on Haddonfield with windows to peer through and babysitters to kill, our franchise begins. So, yeah, I uh, wanted to talk about the beginning, too, as well, because it is really funny about the parents. They do. They just sit there and look at them for three minutes as it pans out. It's like it's crazy. It's like, don't you do have another daughter? You see the blood on the knife. He's not there's answering. No, there's no dialogue even passed between them or to Michael. It just it, 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 yeah. Michael. That's it. That's it. But, but I will well, say, yeah. at this point, though, there's not another daughter, right? It's, we don't know about the second daughter. It's just the one no. What we know about Judith, we'll get into that. <laughs> She's always we'll fucking get... guys in the fucking in her room. They know about Judith. Well, she tries. <laughs> That's to why they're not worried about really. it. Till... Yeah, and also, I timed that scene. Does anybody know how long it was? But by the time they cut the lights out in the bedroom. To whenever he's walking down the steps, putting his shirt back on. It's like 12 and seconds, it, ain't it? Do you want to take any guesses? Josh's is 12. 13 seconds. Okay, yeah, y'all are giving this guy hell. Man, apparently, he lasted nice. It was 66 seconds. Wow. From whenever yeah. they got to the room, the light shuts off because he comes around and he comes inside. And yeah, then he sneaks around the corner. I, I was 66 just, seconds. I was just doing the price. He was right. doing by the prices, right? Yeah. yeah. Go one higher. That way he can't win, but I can. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. But yeah, that's a very smart play. You won. But, but I won, Josh. We, I, I won. Okay. I won. You won. I won. I, At this point, won. no one's winning. No. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners have def- definitely lost. <laughs> The listeners are not winning right now. No. God bless them. But I, before we jump ahead right there, I do want to say, like, when the movie kicks off, it is so iconic. The music, the pumpkin, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, especially in the first movie. The second movie, not so much. But John Carpenter's score, I think, helps this movie become what it is. Without a doubt. That score is fucking phenomenal. It and is. And yeah, and I think you're right. It wouldn't be the same movie. Seen, yeah. Would not at all. But no. Yeah, have you all ever seen Michael Myers in the pumpkin? Say what now? Supposedly Michael Myers is in the pumpkin. Oh yeah. That's actually something I was gonna bring up when you brought up the pumpkin. That uh you know how they zoom in on that that right eye and the nose? Mm-hmm. If you look at it close enough, you see you know, they cut it out. The shape of the hole on the outside, they cut uh, to be the outline of his silhouette of his head. Because if you look, it looks like it's got hair a little bit. And uh, See, I've never seen it. And on the inside, because you can play with the shapes of the inside, the meat of the uh, pumpkin to play off the fire, off the flame. Um, and it and it does. It looks like him. If you if you're looking at it for that, like look at it and think that they tried to make it look like Michael Myers, it it works because the nose is the knife. So when they that's why they stop and sit on it for just a second to kind of zoom in on that. That's what they were trying to do. Some fucking dark side of the moon, Wizard of Oz shit. Well, you know, it's it's just crazy that they put in that detail. Like, hey, let's do this. I mean, it's, who gives a shit? It's a pumpkin. Let's get to the movie. But they still put that little bit of detail in there for did the your uh, later watches, I guess, your later viewings. Yeah, y'all be able to tell me this because I didn't I didn't get a chance to rewatch Halloween one before this. 
something came up and so I was busy. But I did watch Halloween too. The music changed from one to two, didn't it? Yeah. I was gonna say because the Halloween theme song in two sounds different to me. It, yeah, it, they use some type of synthesizer, uh, synthesizer or something. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Me not being able to see Michael Myers in that pumpkin. Um and I've looked for it for at least the last five years that you know that I've watched this movie. It reminded me of like nineteen ninety four. Remember those magic eye posters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could never see anything in that shit. And I still couldn't see Michael Myers. And I'm just like, fuck it. Apparently, I, I just don't have that quality in me. You know? Well, I've also said you don't have any imagination. So. Or those imagination, posters used to work which backwards would, which for me. Which would be a quality. Whenever I look at those posters, it's supposed to pop out at you. That wouldn't happen for me. For me, it would sink in. Like the outer rim of the po- of the picture would be what would come forward but the actual fucking dinosaur or whatever the hell it was would sink in instead of coming out i don't know why that did that to me but i couldn't ever really see the 3d image either it's a weird humble brag but i'll take it oh it wasn't bragging it was just it's wild <laughs> i don't know i always thought i was really weird you know it's like oh that's kind of odd but then i find out your ass can't even see anything so I'm like, ah, i feel bad. i can't see shit <laughs> <laughs> He's like Mr. Pitt, just fucking staring yeah. at the poster. Yeah, I, I, I so was like Mr. Pitt. Yeah, <laughs> except he was successful. Well, he did have somebody to go buy him socks. These yeah, are too tight. In lane. These aren't tight enough. Yes, but will they stay up all day? A lot of questions. <laughs> you wrestle with that as you get older too. <laughs> <laughs> just want a good pair of socks. Oh, and what about Nurse Mary and hotboxing that car with that cigarette? <laughs> Dude. Dude. She's just fucking, like, as one thing, she's, she's got another one. Yeah, I got another one ready. Up. I mean, if she's riding with Loomis, Loomis can get a little intense, so I really don't blame her. Fucking Loomis right, loses Loomis his fucking mind <laughs> several no. times. I shot him six <laughs> times! <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Dude, so I... And I don't know how we're going to talk about these movies. I guess maybe we're going to talk about them concurrently, both or both at the same time. But man, when I was watching Halloween two, like Halloween two, I remember it more fondly, I guess, than what it really is. There's a lot of meaningless scenes in it, but then there's it's like two movies, right? It's Laurie at the hospital waiting for an hour for fucking Michael to show up, but then it's the Loomis buddy cop adventures. Loomis has like three different partners throughout the movie, man. And that's a show yeah. I'd fucking watch. Loomis with just a random cop. It's like, nah, man, we got to go back. We can't. I shot him six times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just fucking going crazy the whole movie. And, and like every time Loomis has a gun, dude, it doesn't matter if it's Michael he, or not. He tried to fucking shoot a kid in the street, man. He pulls that fucker out for everything. Yeah. Nothing, nothing stops him. He's going to pull it out. The second time that he pulled out in front of a cop, he was just pulling it out. Like, he didn't even need it at the time. He was just making sure that that big metal heavy thing in his pocket was still his gun. Right. Are, are you thinking, you know, when they're at the Myers house and something crashes through the window? Yeah. In the first one, he pulls it out. And well, he pulls Sheriff it out. Bragg, and looks at him and he's like, I've got a permit for this because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the brink of insanity here. 
He pulls out the second one too, though, and he just checks the cylinder, I guess, to make sure it's loaded. And he's like, yeah. he says something like, for peace of mind or something like that. Yeah. Like, God damn it, Loomis. Just hand over the fucking gun, man. You don't need it. <sighs> you know, you got well, fucking Ben Tramer killed. Ben. Oh Tramer. my God. And now we're just, we're just skipping ahead. Like, <laughs> I was thinking more along. Ahead. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines that. Whenever he gets with that first sheriff, he ends up convincing right. him. He's like, yeah. He's like, hey. There's only one sheriff, Daniel. Don't I mean, worry. Was, there wasn't like an election and somebody took power at the very next <laughs> movie. Like within a four-hour period. Brackets, you're out. Stevens is in. Yeah. But it's only 8 o'clock. I'm sorry, Bracket. Get the fuck out. Oh, his daughter was dead. That's what I was getting to. I was, it's funny because like he tells him. He's like, no, don't say anything about anybody to anything. I don't want so to, to get it out there. And he's like, we have to say something. We have to let the people know or whatever. You know, and he's like, no. And he's like, I'll give you an hour. Well, that hour gets your fucking daughter killed, bro. Yeah. But I, yeah. I'm going to say, you know, like I have it written in my notes. And I remember the reason why Bone half-assed this episode was because me and Bone watched this like two and a half months ago. I didn't have uh, ask because together. I fully meant to watch it. And I don't know why you're trying to defend yourself. Now I, you don't watch it. Just fucking live with it. Yeah. I don't know. If you um, yeah. We did, we did have serious. We did have a watch party. We watched it pretty recently. Pretty recently. And I said it while we were watching it and I wrote it in my notes. God damn. I love Loomis in this first one. I love him in the second one, but in the first one, he's just, he he brings this presence to this movie, and he also lets you know he lets the audience know how dangerous Michael is, which we need to know. Well, he also lets you know how dangerous fucking psychiatrists are. <laughs> yeah, they're the fucking yeah psychiatrists with fucking guns. I've got a permit. Like, yep. I want to know like what drove Loomis crazy. It had to be Michael, right? Not talking oh, for sure for fifteen years. You're trying to talk to this kid, and then you're just like, you finally mentally break. And now you're just as fucking bad. Loomis is such a he, despite his uncalmness presence, if that's even a word, he, he's such a calming presence in the movie. Though it can be a word, we can do what we want. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's official now. It is. We make the rules. But yeah, but with Loomis, what I like is like at the beginning of the first one, whenever they're pulling up into the asylum the psychiatric hospital uh this chick is like when did they start letting them just walk around <laughs> like it's, it's a thunderstorm in the middle of the night and they're obviously wandering away from the front lawn or whatever and she's like when did this policy come into place and then oh. he's like turn around <laughs> stay in here was like yeah about two weeks ago well, I, like, <laughs> I, like, I like how the movie acknowledges that they don't have any answers for shit that shouldn't be happening. It's like, when did Michael learn to drive? I don't know. No, somebody told him. And I want to meet the person who taught Michael Myers to drive. And they didn't teach him like chess. I don't know, but he learned it from someone. (laughs) That's what he said to the fucking guy. But you know, in all fairness though, um, I love that they didn't really, you know, explain these things. It's it's just was. And 
sometimes in a movie, things just are. Well, it's almost like they anticipated somebody in the crowd, some smart ass being like, how the fuck did Michael learn how to drive? Yeah, you got to throw that line in there. And and Loomis had to, you know, they were like, well, fucking have Loomis say that. And it's like, it's, it is dumb because the least scariest thing is a guy in a Halloween mask just driving around. You know what it makes? not scary. You know what it makes? It takes all the fear away. Yeah. But I'm just saying, as far as like Loomis acknowledging his driving skills, you know what it made that better? As if Loomis was waving his gun around while he said it. Yeah, no, the true Loomis accidentally shot Nurse Marion while right. trying to shoot out the taillights. Yeah, I'm, seriously. I'm surprised Loomis only has a six shooter and not like a fucking Uzi. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly. seriously. Because if he had the Uzi, he might have been able to actually, you know, hit Michael. Because did you see how fast he was moving whenever he, you know, he obviously he breaks the glass, pulls her out, Marion, and then he jumps in the car like coming off that roof jumping down real quick and then jumping in and taking off it's like the fastest we ever see him move so no, that's it. Yeah, maybe if he had that uzi might have yeah, right. just then well then they would have changed it from i shot him six times to i shot him 36 <laughs> times <laughs> i'm surprised lonnie didn't get shot <laughs> lonnie one warning <laughs> get your yes away from the door <laughs> Last warning, Lottie. <laughs> you hear the fucking gun cock? And you can, anytime Lewis had a chance to use his gun, like in the second movie, he's like, what's the standard procedure? A warning shot? Yeah. Oh, put that God, away, yeah. goddammit. I didn't even know that was standard procedure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For Lewis, it is. Fuck you. Be, be glad you got a warning shot. Oh, All right, can we, I was thinking about Lewis again. It's just fucking... Can we talk about how Michael looks like a real perv hanging out at the junior high and following the little boys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, that's that's what like the first hour of the movie is, right? It's just fucking Michael just fucking peeping everybody. Oh, yeah, dude, just stalking. He, yeah. He loves windows. Loves he loves teenage brunettes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's funny, man, because whenever he... um. Before he makes it to that school, he's got to get something to wear because he can't just be in his hospital gown. So some poor, what was he, a mechanic? What was it? Some like a a tow truck or something? Yeah. Okay. Because he gets the mechanic gear and And he's like, all right, got to go to a. I get plot wise why he doesn't change cars. Plot wise, you need Loomis to recognize the car. Yeah. Plot wise. But logically, why wouldn't fucking Michael just take that truck? Well, there is a logical reason. Because... it would stick? It may be. Look, man, a lot of those work trucks are. I know that seems funny, but a lot of those work trucks are, like, manual. So that might have been him. I'd have looked at him like, what the fuck is that? drive stick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. As far as Michael goes, man, with the outfits, dude, he's consistent. It's always... A mechanic outfit every movie. Like Jason, at least. Yeah. Jason would change up his wardrobe and accessorize different. That's because he wears it until the fucking shit rots off. Michael's just like, nah, dude, I gotta I gotta have this mechanic outfit, man. It's it's this navy or black or whatever it is. That's my you know color. What? I'll put pretty slim in it. Yeah. You know? Yep. It's taking I'd 10 love pounds to see off. him go somewhere that they didn't have his size, so you see him actually shopping online, like, okay, double XL. 
That's it. I swear there has I swear to wait three days. Movies to where it's been like a little tighter. You know, the sleeves come up maybe a little bit above the. Well, they, yeah, they probably the had like a, a different actor that was taller, but they're like, we don't have it in the budget to buy a new suit. You're going to wear this one that Nick Castle wore. <laughs> this is the suit. You got to yeah. wear this. This one. is it. I'm sorry. Hey. You're 6'3 and he was 5'10. Deal with it. Yeah. He's wearing fucking capris. You know what? <laughs> that would make sense that they would keep the auto mechanic jumpsuit and replace the mask in every movie after the second one with masks that are just worse and worse. Oh, they get terrible. We watched, we watched Pop Off Part 5 recently. Isn't mm-hmm. that the worst mask? Is that the one where it's just god awful? Oh, I think it that's is. the worst mask, right? And then Curse of Michael Myers is a close second. They're always bad, man. They are. Pretty I think the bad. Curse actually. I think Curse is actually. Um, I thought four and five were supposed one to be of the, the better masks. masks, huh? Okay. I thought it was four and five that had the worst mask. Yeah, and H two O the mask is fucking god awful too. Say so what you want about the zombie movies, they got the mask right. Well, I'll say a lot about the zombie movies, but yeah, I mean the look of the mask was fine. It's 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 crucial too, though. In these movies. You know, and he just keeps going. And I know it doesn't matter in Halloween 1 and 2 because they happen on the same night. But after this becomes a thing, right, and you've got somebody that's just out there fucking killing somebody in this William Shatner mask, maybe you don't stock it in fucking Haddonfield. Now, I'm not saying discontinue it nationally because obviously it's going to be a big seller. But in fucking Haddonfield, maybe not sell it there. Maybe Michael... I, and I get you. You got that iconic mask, so you want to have like the same thing because you're not going to put Jason in a fucking chrome hockey mask, despite what people may think. Well, like, but the chrome will look good. No, it looks stupid. So I get why you would still have the mask, but just logically speaking, like similar with the vehicle, why not ditch the car and take the truck? Yeah. You know, if, if you're Michael Myers and maybe you want to do a little killing without being noticed right away, different mask. Well, you know, in part four. There was uh, a small portion in that movie to where he had the bandages. And I was like, you could do that the whole movie. and It would be scary. Because they acknowledged the fact that Michael burned and then they gave Loomis just a little bit of scar on his face. Yeah. yeah like even even though. And he lit the lighter. Even though both of those motherfuckers went up in an explosion. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the explosion started from Loomis's hand. So yeah, they definitely they definitely fucking gave him the better shake of that one. He probably pulled out his revolver and fought those flames away with just shot bullets. the flames away. Yep. You but know it's what? funny though. No, I was just gonna say I love that they bring Loomis back. I mean, look, I I love Loomis in these movies. Outside of part five, he gets a little Yeah, he gets crazier Michael. and crazier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's as dangerous as Michael in the fifth one. Uh, yeah. Well, fuck, he's as dangerous as he was in the second one. Ben Tramer, man. It was a tragedy. That's on Loomis. Oh, that's all on Loomis. <laughs> oh, definitely. I've got some things to say about that when the time comes for sure. <laughs> but you had said something about him going back to the uh, to the middle school, Josh. And that is one of the jump scares that I did like. And I, it still holds up. We all know it's coming, of course. But it just if you let yourself just experience the movie without knowing what's coming up in this and your prejudgments and you're just watching it, you know, whenever he's, the kids are bullying Tommy and then they, the one runs off and he runs into Michael 
it still gets you, but it's mainly because of that score, yeah. like Josh was talking about, because that is amazing. Like you'll be sitting there. One of the other things is is whenever he starts to stalk, and then you get those bump 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 bumps. You know, it's like like a heartbeat. Yeah, and it's it's you know it builds up. You know, I do. It's not like the Jaws thing. You know what I mean? But it's kind of like a heartbeat. No, but it is, like and it's Jaws it's pretty thing. awesome. It I, I like it. The score was did very good job. I when you talk about the jump scare, Daniel, I thought she was gonna be like when the pumpkin got smashed. Is that was a tragedy in a movie with five hundred pumpkins? One of them got smashed. Yeah, no, but you know, but you so know what? Sad. Yeah, fuck those kids. Yeah, they're little bastard children. Yeah, he should have definitely took that one out real quick. A real quick twist of the neck, drop him, and then continue yeah. stalking the kid crying about his pumpkin. Characters that need to die, man. Kill those little kids right there before they grow up to be assholes. True. And that is something that I definitely believe in. If your kid's an asshole. <laughs> no, but but in horror movies, in horror movies, I feel like there shouldn't be any limits. You know what I mean? When it comes to killing, you know, I'm not saying like, let's make every movie a Rob Zombie movie and it's 45 minutes of rape or something <laughs> like that. But like, yeah, whenever kids are like not off limits in a movie, I'm like, that's awesome that they had the balls to do that. Like I okay, I enjoy that. So, so we're gonna I'm gonna try to refrain. So we're talking about how great 2018 Halloween is. No. Yes, that was one thing that I really, really did, did enjoy about the new one. Yes, because I did. Oh, I like that, that one a lot. Well, too. No, that that movie was people weren't. Uh, everybody wasn't fair game in that movie. I mean, you can sit there and say it was, but he didn't kill the dog, and he didn't kill the baby. He didn't kill the baby in any of these goddamn movies. So what are you talking about? Well, I'm just saying you're going to talk about how great the 2018 version was because he killed a child. I don't recall which, him ever killing any dogs. No, he you know, killed he, a. In the first one, he killed a dog. That motherfucker he ate eats it. dogs. Yeah. He eats dogs. It's a delicacy no, for Michael Myers. That was a joke. His first two kills are like dogs. As far <laughs> as it's, no, it's Judith dog dog more people. He eats one, and then yeah, he off screen chokes yeah. one. What was it, Lester? I can't remember what the dog's name and was. What but dog it was not... did he not kill in the 2018? One? I don't know. I may be making shit up. No, I think you are. <laughs> but he didn't kill the baby. But yeah, we're not talking about that movie being great. That's a different podcast. That is a different podcast. And, and seems listen. like it's going to be a juicy one too. Yeah, because there's different. Oh yeah, it's, on it's one that we're going to disagree on. If we ever do a rankings episode, uh, man, resurrection going straight to the top. I'm just kidding. obviously. No, let's not scare. We don't want listeners to get mad at us. The few we have, these motherfuckers like resurrection. I'm out. We don't. We all hate it. Not as much as Freddy's dead, though. Which, by the time you're listening to this, hopefully you've heard Freddy's dead. I can't say whether or not because, like I said, I haven't seen all of Resurrection. Yeah, I mean you're not oh, missing anything. Dude. It's fucking terrible. It, it does not get terrible, better for sure. Wherever you Freddy's stop, dead it's is, not getting better. Freddy's so, dead is the fucking pits, man. But how about, so Halloween's got to be like, that's like the one horror franchise that has three timelines going now, right? Or four timelines? Yeah, yeah it's definitely going to have one that's got different. It's, it's, there's definitely a multiverse there. So it's one, two, four, five, six. Then it's one H2O and Resurrection. Zombies. And then Rob Zombies. And then one... And then 2018. So this yeah. movie has four fucking timelines. 
The the one linked with H2O, though, you got to include two. Because in her story, she is telling the guy that he also came to the hospital. So so Halloween 1, 2, H2O. H2O. But in the original script for H2O. You're probably about to say um, what I was going to say. She, in the original script for H2O, she mentions. um, Jamie Lloyd's character. Jamie Lloyd, Danielle Harris's character. Yeah, Danielle Harris's character, Jamie Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fucking getting it all wrong. But yeah, and I think at one point there was supposed to be like a photo of her. But since it mm-hmm. didn't happen, we have to assume that it's an alternate timeline. Yep. But yeah, it's probably, yes, definitely the franchise with the most crazy shit like that. So now if you want to make a sequel to any of the movies, you can just fucking pick one. Be like, any, meeny, miny, mo. I don't know why you'd pick five and six. Just randomly make Halloween four. And then it's the four. sequel to, it's sequel to Season of the Witch. <laughs> right. God, that would be amazing. They'd fuck it up though. That'd be amazing. <coughs> Season of the Witch is a side note. I'm gonna I'm put them on blast here since we're on mic. Side note: We did a um, a ranking of the big three individually, like just as a fun project. Oh, you're talking about Daniel. I thought you was about to put me on. And blast Daniel again. put Season of the Witch last, and it's as the most bonker shit. I've known this man for thirty something years. Like it's the Dumbest thing he's ever done. <laughs> yeah, they're leaving out season, of the conversation. Of, season of about, the Witch last. It had an asterisk by it, okay? The only reason it was last is because this was about the big three, the main three killers. And he's not even in it. So that's why I put it to the back. No, just tuck it back there. But I also said that if I were to stick it in and like just judge it with the rest, it probably would have still ended up around 15, 16-ish, I think. Something like that. It would have been more midways because as a movie by itself, I do agree that it's interesting and it's whatever. And that's the other part above it is the fact that they were going to make Halloween a situation like that. A Twilight Zone type thing, but Halloween stories. And And Michael Myers was um, a hit. So they wanted to continue that story. And that's the only reason that John Carpenter agreed to get on is because he said that for two, he was like, okay, that's cool. I'll write it. But I have to be able to kill off Michael Myers. Like I want, to, I want to kill him off. I want him to be done. So then they do season of the witch. Not, not as big. They have to bring him back. I just want to point out that Daniel's list with the asterisk is much like his use your illusion playlist. Yeah, I made one. Yeah. Okay. It must be the Mandela effect or something. Mandela effect. I don't know. Because the I know Mandela I made Mandela effect. I love that because that was. I was trying to think of that. All I'm right. just. But yeah. Personally, but. It exists, I promise. I'll have to find it. Let's get back to something that you actually did do, and that was prepare for these two movies we're talking about. Okay, can we can we talk about how warm Illinois looks in late October? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it looks a little a little like Southern California. <laughs> Southern California, <laughs> motherfuckers walking out in like a light cardigan. Yeah. It's almost November first. It's just a little. <laughs> Nipply. <Right. laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, like uh, like you were saying, the cardigans and stuff like that. Yeah, they all the girls walking back from school after Michael stalking her through the window and then waiting for the teacher to ask a question sh- so he can make his getaway. But, um, but, yeah, they're all dressed very lightly. Like, it's warm as hell. I've been in Chicago... Around Halloween, and it is cold. 
Even if you're used yeah. to it, I'm sure it's pretty cold. But you could definitely tell it was a warmer, spe- a warmer place. The character's walking back from school, and then you see a Michael in the window while she's in class and stuff like that. A large portion of this movie, nothing happens. Yeah, it's just him looking, yeah, observing. And, and when when I went back and watched, when me and Josh went back and watched it at one time, and we even discussed it then, you know, like Josh said, if it wasn't for the music, and if it wasn't for like the last 20, 25 minutes of this movie, this shit's boring. Yeah, it is pretty slow build up. It takes a long time for anything to happen. And it's not like any of this, you know, in other movies, at least I guess it's setting up. I feel like it's just like, man, we got 90 minutes. We got to fill. What are we going to do? Ah, man, let's, let's film these girls walking back from school. Let's film this kid's pumpkin getting smashed. Let's film these people watching thing from another world. Let's do this. Let's do this. And normally I'm all, I'm all about some John Carpenter, but I guess just after watching it again, you know, and getting older, it's, it's still a, it's still a good movie, but I don't, I don't think it's necessarily the pinnacle of horror movies. Like it was made out to be my current favorite horror movie is probably going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I don't think there's any wasted time in that movie. That's think, bullshit. What? Yeah, I don't agree that's with bullshit. that one. You talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah. No, there's no wasted time. That's, a, that's a plotting movie, too. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I love and I Texas really, Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I don't really see, not, think of it being wasted time with Halloween. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, it is a, it's build-up, you know, because it's that slow stalking, you know, there, there is wasted time, yes, but if you were to just cut to it, it wouldn't have that effect when he finally gets to her, and and the effect of her surviving his attack. It would just kind of. So I do get why they do that, and I do enjoy it. Well, I will say this: <laughs> when me and when me and Bone watched it, um, there were certain scenes when like um, Annie gets stuck in the window. It seemed to last so long. And then when I went back and rewatched it now, like I was anticipating it to be like, oh my God, Annie's going to be stuck in this window for like four minutes of this movie's runtime. And it wasn't that. So don't backtrack on, on what we discussed earlier. This, this movie does take its time. And at certain points, you could check your watch. You could. But I also, I'd lean on the side of the fence with Daniel to where it's like, it's atmospheric. And again, we have to go back to Carpenter's score though. And and but not only that, I don't know why Carpenter strayed from this. Even his magnum opus, the thing, he didn't really do this, but there are these long tracking shots. And because and I know why he didn't do it, because it's in the fucking Arctic. And this is suburban America. This is middle America. And there's these long tracking shots to where you just follow Lori in this idyllic Americana neighborhood. And you can just follow Jamie Lee Curtis like in these shots. And it's like, and then you just put this foreboding fucking music behind it. And it fucking works, man. Yes, it takes its time. And there are certain instances where maybe cut it a little bit more because it's just taking his time a little too much 
but I think the payoff is so worth it. And, and, and the vibe and the feel and the atmosphere, it really, you know, this movie isn't horrific. It's not Friday the 13th, the final chapter. You know, what movie spawned from this one? They took mainly the death and the titties and the drug use. So I don't want to make this it sound, I don't make it sound like I said the movie is bad. I just don't think it it's quite like where people would have said it was a hundred. I don't think it's a hundred. It's still no, a I, good, I wouldn't. it's still a good movie. But like I said, I mean that the first however so long, you're right about the music making the movie, but there's still just a lot of dead time where it's I mean there's maybe more Loomis. I guess yeah, well, you no, definitely could have used no. more Loomis. No, <laughs> waving his gun around. Loomis. You need more Loomis. Yeah, um, you need as much Loomis as possible. And it's crazy because speaking of Loomis, man, Donald Pleasance, he got paid twenty grand to do this movie, and he uh, and it only took five days to shoot. Every penny, twenty grand, five days. That's crazy. That is crazy. Like he was calling the shots. Hey, look. Jamie Lee Curtis got only eight k. Yeah, and see where Donald. Um, not well, he Donald had Pleasance, a name, but, he? He, but yeah, so yeah, he had that was actually no, he what had a put name. them high over their budget was getting him, getting picking him up and getting him well, this, on. As you talk about you talk well, about the movie. You talk about too, the, that was her first movie though. I know that she had people she knew, but it was her first like film. Her, the people she knew was her dad Tony Curtis and her mom Janet Lee. Like she grew up. No, I get that, yeah, but, but, she, but still, I mean, you know. just saying, they're she could still have been a, yeah, there could have, she could have still been a shitty actress, you know what I'm saying? So she did well. It was her first shot. But yeah, dude, she, <laughs> and that's fucked up that you bring up her parents. They should have fucking told, like, had her work her, um, could have had her work her contract a little bit better, you know, because she didn't get any fucking royalties. Out of all of this, she got nine or eight thousand dollars until she, she got a career. She started. Well, she, she definitely got. Oh hell yeah, of course that. But it is insane that like first movie she fucking strikes gold, I don't huge franchise, know. and then she doesn't have any royalties. But I don't now even know she's, if they did royalties then. Uh, well, I mean, not really royalties, but like percent of um. What I was what, like, say, John Carpenter got like ten percent. Well, he's also he got, the creator, director, writer, whatever. I understand that, but I'm just saying, like any type of things like that, she had nothing. So uh, yeah, it was just think, it was pretty crazy. I don't crazy. think people started getting that until like Jack Nicholson, though, really, right? With Batman. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't like that was commonplace. So it's not like she missed out on something that everybody else was getting. Oh, well, see, I thought that there was like more than just like, hey, here's a thousand bucks, you know, for like the lead actress in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, some options there. I didn't know it was just like, here's the money, and that was the only option. I didn't know it was uh, not like that back then, but but so it's wild. You talk about like once again going back to the music making the movie. I tell you what else does you know if Donald Pleasance isn't in his movie, this movie's not where it's at. Yeah, I I agree with that too. I mean, everything lined up perfectly because Donald Pleasance is uh, a madman, and but yeah, I enjoyed his uh, Loomis is just amazing. I love Loomis. Yeah, but you know. We call Loomis a madman because we <laughs> look that motherfucker he's a goes off the deep end. He does. Yeah. He does. 
But I think in this first one, man, he's just this sort of well, he's calmness. More, he's more soft spoken in the first one because even when he's talking yes. about Michael, they're, you know, yeah. they're, he's talking about him. He's like, yeah, I had him for 15 years or whatever. And when you looked into his eyes, whatever, whatever he said, I can't remember exactly. But yeah, he, he spoke softer. But like, once you get past the first one and you get into that second one, Oh yeah, he's the second a, one. He's, he's, off. he's he's at eleven all the time. That's yep. because you shot him six times, bro. Six times, I know. Yeah, definitely. He's not a man. The imprint that Michael left in the grass. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was so was... Looney Tunes. <laughs> it was man. It's like somebody come through the lawnmower. Like we got to make it look like there's a body here. Cut it a half inch shorter. Obviously, because you. Don't take this podcast serious and or our friendship. Um, I don't know if you remember this, Bone, but so, Daniel, when did Michael break into the hardware store? Or is that alarm on an eight-hour delay? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I guess so, because um, it's obviously off camera when he does it. <laughs> So then it's just like all of a sudden, but no, man, I wanted to talk about that scene because, um, whenever Lori and her friend Annie are leaving out, you know, school and ended, they had walked back, uh, solve Michael in the bushes and then she wished oh, it was such Ben Tramer. Scene. It is it's a really great scene. Such a good scene. But then she goes home and then she sees him smelling her drying laundry and then <laughs> she doesn't even blink and he she teleports. She doesn't look away and he just he's just yes. gone and then she if it was me i'd react a lot more than she did she didn't even change her reaction no so anyway she, she goes and then thinks it's safe <clears throat> to, to go take a to nap and wait till to take her a friend nap. calls her yeah exactly so then she's waiting for her friend but anyway comes picks her up whatever they go and it's like hey let's spark up this yellow joint <clears throat> all right sounds good <laughs> all right so they're riding down the road and then she's like oh my god my dad and it's like fucking four blocks away. And they pull over. And she pulls up to him. That's one of those instances where you just put the fucking joint down and you just wave. As you're driving by. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she called attention to this shit. And then Lori's like, oh my God, I think he smelled it. She was like, he didn't smell it. He fucking smelled He smelled it. Dude. Sheriff Brackett acts like nothing's going on. And you know what? In the second one, there's a uh, EMT who's smoking a joint in the break room. Yeah, yeah. With a roach clip. Yep. <laughs> with a roach clip. I love it. And it's like, I want to live in this America. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I'm not going to be an EMT. Since you, since, since you brought it up, man, with that, that second one, the hospital. And I don't talking about just Halloween. I'm just talking about any fucking horror movie. How come every time they go to a hospital, it's empty? The only people there are the fucking people working. <laughs> and they're just fucking. Yeah. Well, look. That's yeah, they're, all they're, they're doing. Just, they're just in fucking, like, the hot tub therapy pool or whatever. Like, exactly. Let's fuck, baby. Or watch an aerobics. What, what about our patients? We don't have any. People either die or they don't get hurt here in Haddonfield. Yeah. This hurts me to bring it up because... If you've gotten this far in the podcast, you know I'm a Loomis head. A Loomis stan. Sam Loomis blew up a hospital full of babies. 
Dude, that's fucking right. Yeah, th- those were the yeah, only patients right. there. We, we're def- <laughs> we're definitely jumping ahead there, but you are fucking absolutely right. Babies, they were the only fucking people there. Like they had, uh, it's it, a, yeah, it was and just yeah, babies. They, he just tore them up. <laughs> yeah, because I had I, killed six <laughs> babies. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Loomis, Loomis knew he was going to jail. He knew his actions in those first two movies. He had to go down because he got Ben Tramer killed. Oh yeah, rest he in was, peace, he Ben Tramer. Yeah. So yeah. he's just like at this point, who cares if I fucking blow up some children? I'm either going to die or I'm getting a needle anyways. Exactly. And it's so funny. I love Daniel. You can go ahead. I was just going to say, I love more about Loomis, of course, but, um, I love his first meeting with the sheriff. I, uh, I loved it because they go, it's after he goes and checks out the grave, you know? And, uh, desecrated grave. Yeah. The desecrated grave rips up the tombstone so he can place it later. He's like, Oh, these kids, why did they do it? Why did they do it? He's like, which one is it? And he's like, taking him to the fucking grave that he asked for, following the paper trail or whatever, the paper map. And then he's like, let me double check. But yeah, Josh, going off of uh, more Loomis, of course. I liked it whenever Loomis and the sheriff meet for the first time. After the uh, scene where he goes and sees that the tombstone's gone and damn trick-or-treaters. And all of that, you know. Um, so he gets with the sheriff and he's like, hey, he's back in town. We need to be shutting down. Um, well, no, the, the sheriff says, well, we need to shut things down, blah, blah, blah. If he's as bad as you say, you know, and all that. And he's like, no, keep it on the down low, pretty much. Don't say anything to anybody. You Loomis, know, we're, is, willing we're gonna, to, we'll, Loomis is willing to put lives in the line. Exactly. Like, well, let's just wait till we hear some screaming and then we'll yeah. start looking. I'm going to hang out at this house for the next two hours even though i know that this crazed maniac is out there i'm gonna hang out at this house and it's so funny because <laughs> on several occasions because he tells him back to when they first in the car meeting or whatever he's talking to him and that's whenever you get in the classic line of you know he had the the darkest eyes the devil's eyes whatever yeah. he was like he spent seven years trying to reach michael and another eight years trying to keep him locked up all right and he's he's very explicit with this. And the sheriff keeps asking. He's like, "Why'd you let him go?" He's, "I didn't let him go." If you remember, that happens like three times. He's like, "You, how could you let someone like this go?" And every time, uh, Loomis is like, "I didn't let him go. I oh, didn't he, let him out." He reminds he me of part two. Defended himself. He reminds me of Halloween part two. Also, he's like, "You caused this. You let him go. Why'd you let him go?" I didn't let him go. I and shot him that, six times. And that's why he's so pissed is because he had to answer this question three times the night before. The same fucking night, two the hours before. Night. So he's been defending himself uh, against uh, Beckett for... Uh, so, so Bracket. Bracket. That was Here. it. I didn't think that was right. But yeah, he's been defending himself, so he's upset about it now. So here's my question, right? He said he spent seven years trying to reach Michael and apparently couldn't never get through him and he couldn't never get him to speak or anything like that. And then he decides this is the most evil person in the world because he committed one murder. Yeah. When there's people out there that are just fucking mowing people down, Lewis is like, no, this is it. This kid that committed a murder when he was like fucking seven or you know six or whatever, he can never walk the streets. But all because he has really dark brown eyes. Yeah. I couldn't tell. If he had blue eyes, 
You'd have been okay. But the beautiful thing about that is, wasn't Loomis right, though? Oh, he was. He recognized that evil for sure. And I love, I love that there's a... Well, I just personally love that there's sort of this mystery backstory to where you only get it from Loomis. And, and Loomis says it with so much conviction that you believe it. Like, this guy is the walking incarnate personification of evil. And I do love how people kept asking Loomis, why'd you let him go? Because wouldn't that be the normal reaction for anybody? Yeah. We got yeah, like you're his doctor. Why'd you let him go? <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't let him go. I was checking on the phone. <laughs> so here's what I, here's the conclusion I've come to while we were talking during this podcast. Michael became pure evil because he got harassed by fucking Loomis for seven years. Probably in his face. Why'd you do it, Michael? Why? Yeah, that's what he was trying to reach. Seven years to reach that evil real good and pull it out. And then the eight years later, like, I, I succeeded. I'm going to keep his ass locked up. I want to see an HBO miniseries of, of, of like just four episodes, one hour a piece of Loomis with just different patients. Here, I could imagine like if Halloween was shot in the style of like, say, The Office. You know, when they do little interviews and they're talking to the camera, fucking Michael never talks to Loomis, but when they get him one-on-one, he's, Michael's just like, I wish he would shut the fuck up. He's driving <laughs> me crazy. It makes me want to murder people. I've been trying to and forget then, about then he does like my sister the, for years, but he won't let me forget it. Right. And then he does the little gym shrug where he's like, eh. yeah, <laughs> fucking Loomis is like Creed. Yeah, Creed and a little bit of Michael Scott. Yeah. yeah. Would have both, yeah. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Y'all can think us later when y'all make that show. Remember, very unreasonable. Exactly. Things. I thought I thought Josh was going to go the making the murderer route. Just the show of Loomis just just hammering Michael with all this crazy shit to finally make him snap or keep him snapped, I guess. But anyway, but it's funny because. Loomis is riding around with this sheriff, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. Well, Michael's already found what he wants to do. And is this town has the shittiest babysitters. It has to. <laughs> Lori, go, even Lori, who is the great babysitter, goes to this thing fucking stoned. She's stoned <laughs> out of her mind. And it's so funny because when she's sitting there with Tommy, you know, she's talking to him and chilling, whatever, trying to read him this fucking book that, of course, he don't want to hear nothing about. And he pulls out the comics. But oh. once she gets on the phone with Annie, when she calls, she is just like twisting her hair and like, it's just so funny how the change is. Her eyes look like she just all of a sudden got stoned right there on the phone. Maybe I think she was acting. She never inhaled. She was acting high the whole time. And so when she got on the phone, I guess it kind of carried over. She but, just wanted to fit in with her friends. Exactly. Can we talk about Tommy's, uh, his comics? Yeah, man. What was it? It was laser um, man. Neutral yeah. man and tarantula man. And she's like, no wonder she doesn't want you reading these. Neutron right. He's got to hit under the couch. Comic yeah. They sound like some <laughs> Simpsons comics. Radioactive man exactly. meets Neutron man. Uh, yeah. With special guest, Laser man. <laughs> exactly. Tarantula yeah, man, man is, so is, the, is, the, is the comic that Marge buys Bart. Yeah. Instead of Spider Man, like that, that golf game she got him instead of uh, Death yeah. Blow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what's funny is, is like, okay, that's whenever she's first babysitting Tommy. 
But then eventually her friend calls, hey, such and such is going to come over and fuck me. I'm going to bring, no, she's going to go fuck him, but she's going to bring the kid. She's going to go pick uh, him up. I need yeah. you to babysit this child for me while I go fuck my boyfriend, but I'm exactly. still going to take the pay. You're not getting shit. Yeah, but she did strike a deal with her that she would undo the terrible thing yeah, she, she had, did she before. Had to tell ben Schramer that <laughs> yeah, wanting to go to the homecoming dance. So she's like, hey, I'll undo that, that whole thing if you, know you do what? this for me. You know what? She probably did make that call. And Ben Tramer, so distraught, got fucking drunk. So when he saw Loomis waving his gun at him in the street, all he could do was stumble away and then got ran over. Exactly. What was Ben Tramer doing trick-or-treating to, though, man? That's a good point. Senior in high school. Come on, man. You're 17 or 18. Come on. And it's so funny because, like, that scene, which I'm going to come back to the babysitting point in a second, but that scene right there is so funny because it's like you pull up, he stops, he's fucking losing his mind, you know, you know, straight up part two Loomis. He's losing his mind. Oh, stop. And then he goes, starts, wa- like you said, waving his fucking gun around. And he's like, don't move, don't move. Well, these three little kids, they just kind of like get out of the way. Ben Tramer stops on a dime <laughs> and turns around 180. And he ends up fucking just walking away still very slowly. And then fucking, you know, Loomis is after him, starts to, so he cuts across and then gets hit. Oh, and then it just, the beautiful explosion out of nowhere. Oh, just dude, he goes up like on, the 4th of fucking July. Yes. Oh, I like, I like how the, does. the cop tries to act like he couldn't stop. He came out of nowhere. Motherfucker, you were hauling ass and you would have hit that vehicle regardless the way you were going. Don't blame <laughs> exactly. it on Ben Tramer. Yeah, for real. He just had a terrible fucking night. But luckily for Lori, she gets over him pretty quick whenever the new EMT arrives. But back to that babysitting uh, moment, because you had brought up Tommy, and it's so funny because he's getting bullied at school, you know, and then whenever Lindsay gets over there, he looks out the window and he sees Michael Myers, the boogeyman, carrying this fucking body into the house, and he freaks out like he should. That's yeah. very, you know, that's a, that's a good reason to freak out. But then she's like, he says, it's the boogeyman. It's the boogeyman. Laurie Strode gets pissed. And she's like, you're scary. Lindsay, stop it. Don't do that. He's like, no one ever believes me. Lindsay says, I believe you. And then the very next fucking scene with him is whatever he's like, goes to the fucking curtains. And he's like, Lindsay, <laughs> he's going to get you. It's like, you've been being bullied in the same way. And then you're going to be an asshole to the only person who's had your back. <laughs> and you know what else is <laughs> fucked like, up? fuck about you, that? Tommy Doyle. You know what else is <laughs> fucked up about that, though, right? Is Tommy tells Laurie, like, I've seen the boogeyman, I've seen the boogeyman. And Laurie has already seen this motherfucker multiple times. And she's just like, no, you didn't. You're seeing, you quit it, quit it. You didn't see nothing. Bitch, exactly. you just saw him. You know what he's You've talking about. more than I have. Really? But yeah, man. So they so the whole there. Uh, once that ends, they get back to hanging out and watching, you think know, from another world. Uh, the thing, the from, thing another from another world. world. Yeah. So uh, they're watching that and hanging out, and then the what the hell's the blonde chick's name and her boyfriend show up in the van, and then they get to go and getting busy. It's uh, and Bob what, and uh, Linda. It, so I know that the the daughter of the sheriff, her name is Annie. Yeah, Annie Brackets, Bob and Linda. Yeah, because Linda, because Bob jokes about ripping a ten-year-old girl's. Oh off. yeah, the fucking pedophile shit. He's uh, like, yes, come take me and rip my clothes off or something like that. And he's like, let's. What about her or something like that? Some shit. Yeah, 
God yes. damn. Who greenlit that? For real. I was going to bring that shit up because like, she shows up in the blue van and then he jokes and he was like, all right, I'll take my clothes off. You take your clothes off. Lindsay takes her clothes no, off. No, we'll rip like, Lindsay's clothes off. Yes, that was it. We'll rip her clothes. And then she just laughs it off like, come fuck me. You're so silly. But it's like, dude, you know who what she the should've... fuck kind of shit is this? You know who she should have called to handle that shit? Loomis. He'd have put six bullets in that motherfucker. <laughs> he would have. He would have. Loomis doesn't stand for pedophilia. I shot him six times. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so they go in and fuck, get killed. Which I really like that scene with the with the ghost sheet. I I, I enjoy that. Yeah, but okay, I like that so a lot. silly. Here's what I want to. It really about is. Though. It's out of character, but I do like it. It's epic, and I, I just love that scene. It's but memorable. When, when he kills the dude, and he stabs him with a knife, and that knife apparently is strong enough to hold his body up off the That's ground. Exactly. But no, because it happens in part two also when he has the little scalpel. Mm-hmm. And he stabs somebody. He lifts him up off the ground with his little bitty ass hospital utensil. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, like, what company is making that shit? Because they got the best. That's some strong metal. Yeah, whatever surgical that's steel a they're making. Fire metal. Yeah, exactly. Right. Doug Marcatus testing it out and shit. <laughs> Can we talk <laughs> about pinning people to the wall? <laughs> right. How Lindsay's house is the new Myers house, but worse. Yeah, because everybody got killed in that house. Yeah. Not just yeah. one person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's crazy because whenever I was rewatching it, I started to notice the kills, you know, like pay close attention. And it's funny because, all right, first kill, he uh, strangles Annie before he finally uh, slits her throat. Slits her throat with no blood. It, yeah, I know, right? And then um, she has this ridiculous cross-eyed, tongue-out fucking classic horrible death but the next kill is the boyfriend and at first he grabs him by the throat and he's choking him then he raises him and pins him you know and then he goes fools the uh the girlfriend and whenever he goes to kill her he chokes her too so talking about annie's death you know in part two when you bring her when you bring her out on the gurney and they pull the sheet back to look at her and we've talked about this before, just with HD and old movies. You can see her eyes moving under the fuck under her eyelids where she has her eyes shut. Yeah. You see him fucking going crazy. It's like, bitch, stitch your eyes still. You're ruining the shot. <laughs> right. But yeah, it was just funny because he does the um he's strangles before he kills. And it's funny because it's something I noticed as he's attacking Lori, you know, he's going after, slashing at her, and nothing's working. So yeah. it's like, it's he, funny because right at the end, he finally grabs machine. her by the throat. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe it'll work this time. Well, he was an unstoppable killing machine until he got to Laurie. And now all of a sudden, oh, he, yeah. he can't do shit. He, he became yeah. Mr. Bean. He's fucking trying to stab yeah, her exactly. when she's on the couch and he misses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he has her dead to rights twice. Yeah. Yeah. And he does nothing with it. And then she pokes him in the eye in the famous closet scene. She pokes him in the eye with this wire hanger. And this is where we start getting the classic um, Michael Myers nap time. He'll, oh, fall over, hang out for a few seconds and play dead. Grab your ankle as you walk him by or whatever, you know? And it's so funny because, like, you poked him in the eye. 
and he fell out and you just walk over him and drop the knife right beside him as yeah. you go to walk she, off. And the worst part about it is when he does get up, he doesn't pick the fucking knife up. He goes straight for strangling. They're both <laughs> amateurs. And we, yeah, they really are. They, they really are. Well, Michael's working out the kinks at this point. You know, trying Can to I? <laughs> yeah, he's really we'll, amping it up. And we'll eventually get to the episode, even though I haven't yet got to pick an episode. That it is, hurts me. That is a I have not. Not this one. This was all Daniel. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> the rest I'm were all saying, I'm just saying. Hey, like, you know what? Look. Maybe you shouldn't be asleep when me and Daniel are talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> we get this four o'clock and seven, Right? No, but uh, because I could just and go off maybe on an hour of my love of the 2018 Halloween. But you know the 2018 Halloween. He's got the dead eye from the clothes hanger. Well, he oh, needs yeah. to. There's going to be some continuity. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because speaking of the continuity, in the, well, I guess that's in the scene. It's funny because, like, okay, he grabs her, he chokes her, and then he fucking throws it down the steps or whatever the fuck it was. But then Loomis is showing up because he sees the no, kids well, whenever. Well, look, he had her dead to rights on the couch, right? Yep. And then she stabs him in the eye and then stabs him with his knife. Yeah. And then she decides to. Post up for a breather in the doorway. Yeah. And when Michael comes to, he does get the knife. No. Or is this the, be- I'm getting it confused because he fucks up both times. And one time he misses her on the couch. And the second time he just gets her arm. That was the yeah. first time. The first time he gets her arm. Yeah. And, and he had her dead to rights. Dead to rights. On the couch, you could be like, well, he's coming over the couch, whatever. I don't but know. Yeah. Dead to rights. And then, like I said, he's like the third a baby time. shark learning how to feed. <clears throat> exactly. But he's, he's, he gets her, starts choking on her, and then throws her or whatnot. That's when Loomis shows up because he saw the kids run out of the house after all these. Michael finally started attacking them and she hid the children and all that. But, uh, so he shows up and while they're struggling with her choking him, he pulls the mat. She pulls his mask off. And it's funny because they have like a deformed eye on that. And I'm not talking about like, it just got poked and it's swelling up. It looks like they were trying to make him deformed somehow. And it's mm. like, he's just a regular guy. Unless some well, crazy shit happened to him in the asylum. Probably. But, yeah, I think that the movie was filmed in standard definition. So when you see it, they probably just wanted to look like he had some damage to the eye from the eye poke. Once you see yeah, it in high yeah. definition, it does. It just looks like he's got some weird eye, a gummy eye. Yeah, 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 looking like fucking sloth. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So so yeah, that was wild because it was. I was wondering if they were trying to do that or what, and that does make sense that that's just what they had at the time. But uh, but can yeah, we, he falls out. Yeah, gets shot. How many times? Well, can we talk he, about how? Well, I guess not, Daniel. I'm sorry. What? I was going to answer that for you, buddy. How many times he got shot? Six times. That's right. Six times. In case you I, didn't I mean, he's, watch he's not a man. Or if you didn't listen to us this entire time, he got shot six times. Because Loomis, above all else, is a crack shot, and he doesn't miss. Yep. Well, but I right, go ahead, Josh. Well, I was just going to say, uh, I don't know if y'all noticed this, but Michael was the only person 
to actually celebrate the spirit of Halloween by putting on a costume outside of Tommy, but he has bad taste in comics. So he's disqualified. <laughs> like nobody yeah. else is wearing like a costume in this movie's called Halloween. Well, that's, that's because Michael your other Myers. characters were stoned. Yeah. They're all teenagers yeah, and, and adults. And they were trying to fuck, except for Lori. I, who knows what she was doing? <sighs> Lori exactly. wanted to fuck Ben Tramer. Well, she just she didn't did. want Ben Tramer to know that he, she wanted to fuck him. But how about, exactly. did you notice, Daniel, when Loomis shoots him six times and he goes over the rail? I want to say in the first one, it shows him he has to like step up onto this platform to fall over the rail. And then when yeah. part two kicks up, the platform is even with the fucking rail. So the whole time when he's walking backwards to fall over this rail, he's already level with it. So there's like no tripping over the rail. He just walks off the back of it, of this platform. Yeah. And it, there's another thing that was different about, uh, well, I was just talking about the, the fact that you're the first one, the fact that you're stepping up on a platform. Like that was that part right there was poorly done, even for the time. But yeah. Surely you had a stuntman that could fall over a foot high rail. Exactly. Without needing and a platform to walk off of. Yeah, and it's funny because the other thing that's different between the end of Halloween 1 and the beginning of Halloween 2 is uh, we've said it five times. Loomis shot his ass six times, right? Yeah. In 2, he, there's seven gunshots. He shoots him seven times out of a six-shooter gun. Oh, I didn't count it. I didn't know that. <laughs> and it's really funny because we've made the joke several times, but a little bit later, whenever he's talking to the sheriff... Um, that's when he kept see he keeps saying, I shot him six times. I shot him six He's times. Not He's not a man. Exactly. He's trying to convince us that we didn't hear seven shots when in fact we did. But um but yeah, man, it's so crazy well, because Loomis Loomis has got that government prototype given to psychiatric or, or psychiatrists for murderers. It's a seven yeah. shot revolver. He can't yeah. let the, he can't let the average people know that he's got that technology. Exactly. But yeah, man. Um, and that's speaking of the the mesh of the movies, you know, like I really like that. I really like that they continued it on right from then. Like it, it just didn't stop because it goes from, okay, you see this. And then he's going into the neighbor's yard and saying, call the police. Like shit's going. But he's screaming at these people that have no fucking clue. Like he's been telling them for hours and they refuse. You know, he's just like, um, he got away. I shot him, but he got away. Call the police and tell them that I got him, but he got away. Right. He's lived or whatever. And then, yeah, all hell breaks loose. But let's just appreciate before we dive into the second one a little bit further. I honestly think Halloween, the 1978 version, I think is the greatest ending to a horror movie ever. I, I really do. Like uh, the last, like just fifteen seconds, when Laurie asks Laurie asks Loomis, "Is that the boogeyman?" and Loomis is like, "Yeah, it is." And then you see Michael's gone, and then you hear the music, and they're showing these different locations. Yes, and Michael's gone, and you, and it leaves the audience with this feeling of, "Oh shit, he could be anywhere." You know, obviously, but it's showing these different locations with this music. To me, it's like, you know, movies, they're a lot like concerts or they're, or they're a lot like gymnastics routines. 
you stick the landing, you know, a current, a concert, fucking your encore should be memorable. And to me, Halloween just stuck the fucking landing with this. It, it, it really was, did. It was a perfect 10 on how it ended. Perfect. Yeah, I liked it. It was very perfect. nice. And even if it wasn't the whole set, oh, it's another thing about uh that I had saw that whenever Donald Pleasance was filming that reaction was he looks over to see if Michael's there. The originally he was supposed to react to it and be like, Whoa, what, what? Or whatever <laughs> the fuck he was supposed to say. So he filmed it like that, and then he was like, Look, let's film it again, and I want to try something. And that's whenever they filmed what we actually see where he, he fucking knew it. He, he, it is not a surprise to him at all that Michael's not there, you know, and he's just, and then they, you know, John Carpenter was like, yes, we're definitely using that because he's been shooting this motherfucker for 15 years. Probably so six times a piece. (laughs) Exactly. But anyway, so yeah, that was pretty cool. So they were like, yeah, that, that does fit the character more. We're going to keep that in there. But, um, well, did you, but yeah, um, so he, but then he immediately fucking starts, you know, I can't believe it, you know, to everybody um, else. I shot him fucking six times. He's still running around. Oh yeah, he he ramps it up in his uh, in part. Oh two, yeah. Man. But did you um did you see where um they talked about doing part two like in an apartment building, like in a high rise or skyscraper or something like that? Oh no, I didn't see that. Yeah, thankfully they scrapped it. I didn't. I'm not saying the part two is great or anything like that, but that would have been. I don't think that had been as effective as the hospital because there is, one, yeah. there is one part in part two that I really, really enjoy. And there's a lot of whatever in part two, but there is one part that I'm really into. I thought they did really well. What is it? Why are you? Yeah, what part hanging? is what that? Is this? Well, what? It was towards the end. I was just saving it, man. It's uh, uh, okay. it's when he finally, well, it's when we, he fi- we, we have jumped back and forth. Well, <laughs> we've already already made it to resurrection. Yeah, don't say yeah. me, Josh. This is all you, buddy. No, you, but you are right. We have jumped around a little bit. It's the uh, the part where Michael actually finally gets to the hospital and he starts chasing Laurie, and she goes yeah. into the basement. You kind of get that, like, is that sense, like, oh, shit, he's right on my ass? And it only lasts for, like, what, a minute or something like that, and then it's gone? Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that, that, that sequence that you're talking about. I love how Michael doesn't know how elevator doors work. Oh yeah, and it shuts on him even though he gets his hand in. Oh, and, and, and another right. thing about that scene is they they kind of dip into a, well that scene, and then there's the one other right before he starts chasing her, I guess like full on chasing her, and she finds the body of that one nurse where the I guess the IV stuck in her or whatever, and she's dripping blood. Yeah, she bled she up the, like that. the head nurse. She didn't was find her. Jimmy found that. Oh, Jimmy. Oh yeah, that's right. It was. Oh yeah, yeah it was yeah. Jimmy because he slipped and fell and busted his head. It concussed, but yeah, when yep. you found that, it was very Jallo like as far you know, like the coloring, like the old Italian horror movies, a very like bright red, and then that close up on the shot, a little and, like red paint, yeah, yeah. And then when she got into, I think it was when she got into the elevator, it kind of had like a reddish background color going on. And they only did it like those two times. The rest of the movie, you know, it, it was what it was, but those two particular scenes stood out as far as the coloring. And then, like I said, the chase scene with Laurie and Michael that ends, it does end pathetically. Josh is right about that as far as like the elevator. Oh, I got my hand in the elevator. Oh, well, let me pull it out. But it's a close up shot of his hand being stuck and then him just pulling it out. It's cute. 
But the best the best part to me of Halloween two is the very first of the POV when he's walking around and he goes yeah, into like the Elrod's house. Yeah, to me, I'm like, and that first scene, his first the first uh, kill, not the Elrods. First off, which is hilarious because the neighbor that he killed that was with Mrs. Elrod and Mr. Elrod, the neighbor was saying that <laughs> Mrs. Elrod was is always picking on Mr. Elrod and that he probably got mad and started, and started beating, beating her. her. Yeah. Yeah. I get that in my notes where it's just like, oh, man, beating your wife like, is just a casual thing. 1981. Okay. Man, but she like, had it coming. Her death, the neighbor, legitimately... Legitimately, I, I got a little jump scare for me because it was so set up so nicely, like the way they're they're sort of um, sort of positioning the camera. And, you know, again, Michael being the master of peeping toms <laughs> is sort of in the background. Then he's not the doors opening and, you know, she's going to get it. And when she finally does, it's kind of lame, but it is scary because he just comes out of nowhere and i think that is i wish they would have kept that aesthetic throughout the entire movie really because he he just killed that one person right on the way to the hospital yeah yeah like and it he was, runs into the and it was another teenager that could have been a babysitter yeah another t- brunette teenager he has a type yeah because he runs into the kid with a boom box yeah well and Who, Who's listening to the news on his boombox? Well, no, you're, you're not. You forgot something too, though. He's got a cowboy hat, a boombox, and some fucking bell bottoms. I mean, he has I mean, everything he was all over the place. He has everything going on. That's I love that. Make listen, a movie like, about that guy. Like you said, listening to the news. Listening to the news, not even like music. But yeah, um. When Harold they, was watching Night of the Living Dead. Just side note, so we don't pass he it. He was. He was. And what I really like about it is later on in the movie, the security guard is watching Night of the Living Dead as well. So it shows you that little bit of time that's passed, real time mm. for them, versus what we're actually seeing in the film. Because uh, it was the beginning for the old guy, but then it was uh, more towards maybe 20 minutes left in it, maybe 10 minutes left in the end uh, when we saw it with the security guard. What I was going to say is when they... Um Pull up to the hospital, you know, they're bringing Lori in. They did have another patient. They had the kid with a razor in his mouth. Oh, my and God. even now, looking at that, that's a good special effect. That still makes me cringe. But yeah. how shitty is this fucking hospital that a kid with a razor wedged in his mouth and he can't get it out? They're just like, no, nah, you go in the waiting room. We got somebody with a fractured ankle that's not really in any danger of dying. That we gotta and take it's care a of cracked first. ankle. It's yeah. not even a full fracture. It's just a crack. She's like, good thing you didn't break it's it. Like, we got to save the town's babysitters. Yeah. You motherfucker. bleeding out of his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I said, not even like just a razor blade in there. It's fucking wedged to the point you can't move it. Oh, that's such honest, a good effect. If I watch this movie again, which I will, because I enjoy it enough to watch it again. Yeah. I would skip that because that just something about. That whole razor blade, and I mean, that just fucking makes my asshole clench up. Oh yeah, I, 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 had, I didn't forget, but I forgot, and so when it popped up, I was just like, ugh. And then, like, oh man, every time you see it, man, it's just, it's such a good effect, though. But it yeah, looked like he was trying to eat a razor blade. How 
much it was protruding out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm. like it's who, crazy. Whoever so, did that effect earned their money. And oh. it's crazy because like all right, you have them come in with Lori, right? And then you see the kid with the 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 razor blade and everything, and they just rush her over. And it's like nothing's fucking even wrong with her. Stitch her arm up, wrap her fucking ankle up, but she's good, right? Right. But like this, who the fuck is this Lance guy? You got the last starfighter over here coming over here, and he just falls in love with Laurie, and she falls in love with him back. And it's like, he's like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Do you want a Coke? Do you want me to bring you a Coke? Like, he's just harassing this chick. She just had a hell of a night, dude. Wait until Laura to hit on her. Look, and before Ben Tramer died, because it had been a while since I saw the movie, I was sitting here thinking, like, this has got to be the dude that they were trying to set him up with. But no, that motherfucker goes up in flames. I would yep. have loved if, if Lori would have woken up and and Jimmy was just like massaging her feet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Jimmy lives, right? I mean, he's just concussed <clears throat> and he passes out in the car. Yeah, yeah, they don't show anything else on him after that. There's there's a I guess a uh, a theory. I almost forgot the word out there that Jimmy is the father of Josh Hartnett's character in H2O, which would track. <coughs> but yeah, Jimmy lives. Good for Jimmy. He does. He do- yeah, good for Jimmy. Because he was a nice guy. I mean, he wasn't sleazy. Now, he did kind of suck at his job because he got infatuated with Laurie and the nurse is like, hey, look, dickhead, there's other people that need help. We've got one other patient in this hospital, you piece of shit. And we've got two babies. Yeah. Exactly. And Born how about, today, die today. How about when we saw the we, <laughs> we saw the kid with the boombox? Remember the uh, two friends that come to the car, and the one chick that's got to go to the hospital because she's late tries to ditch her friend. What kind of shit ass move is that? Yeah, yeah, so you agreed to that. No, look this 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 chick you're talking about is the worst worker ever. Yeah, like her boss is telling her, "Look, you can't be late," and this is like. These two I'm children sorry. could die. But she's like, I'm sorry, I, I won't be late. Uh, but I got Bud over here uh, wanting me to get naked on the clock <laughs> in the right. hot tub. So I'm going to go fuck this guy <laughs> on the clock while kid is dying from bleeding out of the mouth from a razor blade. Yeah, no shit, man. And then when she gets fucking killed, like as much as I love the special effect with the fucking razor blade, her oh, face the, the supposedly melting. Tub. Yeah, it wasn't good, man. It looked like somebody just stuck some wax on her face. But my question right. on that is, why is her face melting and Michael's hands are just fine? Yeah, I know, right? Because he's pure it, evil. I shot him six times. No, because exactly. Loomis was putting his hands in boiling water. <laughs> We're gonna boil the, the truth the, on the, you, boy. The untold story about Loomis is going to come out at some point. Is going to be that he tortured Michael for seven fucking years. Yeah, he created him. Put mousetraps on his dick and shit. Like, I think with this second one, you know, even if they, and I know they intended it to be in the first one, but they didn't include it. They did include it in this one. So from here on out, anytime Michael does something supernatural, uh, based on this movie, you could just shrug your shoulders and just say, I don't know, Sam Hain. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Champagne? I don't know. That was really thrown in there. They go to this yeah. school, last minute. It and it's fit. just thrown in there for some back 
story to of a, why he's evil, but they look, didn't go into it. It's that that was some filler to yeah. a school that Michael never went to. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's so crazy as shit because, like, okay, you got them going there, and he just tried to kill this chick and was relentless about it. He got away. Why I don't know why he didn't automatically think like, hey, put a detail on her because this motherfucker had targeted her. Put a detail on her, not just yeah. like oh, she's fine now, even though he's running around. And it's so funny because he, um, well, you know, I think he goes next door, point. does his thing, kills old bitch, and then he starts making his way through town too, to get to the hospital. And like you said with the boombox guy, you hear all these people listening to the news, and it's like to remind us, hey. This guy did all these things, and everyone's looking for him now. News is out. You got mobs happening at the Myers house. Dude, you which, know? Is, which would happen today, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I do like this. I like it, a sign of the times where radio is mentioned in the same breath as television. Like, it's all over the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that. all over the news. If it was today, yeah. it'd be like, there's a killer it's on the loose. Stay tuned. The ten o'clock news to find out where. No, it would yeah. be. It would be. I'm on Reddit checking updates or yeah. Twitter. I guess the, um, they didn't have a plot wise. There wasn't a reason for Michael to follow. Well, Loomis didn't know there was a reason to follow Lori, right? And so you get the sister thing thrown in. But I'm not. I wasn't going to talk about that right now. I do want to talk about the fact. Let me go back to the best part of the movie, Loomis. How does he not recognize the nurse that he saw two fucking days ago? Last night, no, no, last night, last night, he's like, he's like, he's like, oh, I don't reckon, I didn't recognize you. What? How fucking deranged are you, man? No, I think he's a. He's had a rough night. I think he's a secret alcoholic, closeted alcoholic. Yeah, like you should just remember because she's always fucking smoking. If nothing else, man. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's never a moment where she's not fucking lit up. She's in the new one, playing the same character. Yeah, I've heard about that. Um, and I heard they're supposed to be bringing back Tommy Doyle. and, and all these You know who's playing Tommy Doyle? Anthony Michael Hall. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I'm sure they're all being brought in so they can be killed. I, I'll say this about the Halloween movies as they continue. And this is any of them at this point. Because it's the same thing I said about Scream. There's no point in making a new Scream movie unless uh, Sidney Prescott is either the killer or she finally fucking dies. Because it's played out. Yeah, they got to get rid of her. And for the sure. Halloween movies, it's time for Jamie Lee Curtis to go. I think she'll die in this one. I think she, Halloween Kills is where she dies. I mean, you can't have. It's fucking, called Halloween Kills. Yeah. You can't have. And that's a very. When I hear that name of that movie, it reminds me of The Simpsons where Homer's calling all the characters by the name of their movies. Remember when Die Hard did this? Yeah. I don't know which timeline you prefer, but. She did die in resurrection. <laughs> I don't I don't acknowledge that one. You know that. I do I know she died in resurrection, but yeah. That one doesn't count. But yeah. She technically died in part four. Yeah, yeah, well, you're true. Off screen. She's uh but we're getting into a point now where, like I said, it's very Sydney Prescott type, you know. How effective is Michael Myers if he can't kill this one person? Yeah, exactly. He's been really working to get this one person. For sure. And it ain't, it ain't happening for him. It's funny because you had said something about the fucking smoking, right? And something that I noticed was that uh, whenever um, the sheriff gets the call, hey, they found three bodies at this house. One of them was uh, Annie. 
Oh God. He goes Caesar and he fucking dips. The guy's like, look, I'll take care of it. It's just the way that they kind of swap the main cop role. So we can get a new for the movie. Loomis buddy cop. Sequel. Exactly. And what's really funny is, is like, okay, they're walking and, uh, they're just kind of looking for Michael again, him and the new guy. And they talk about, I forget what the hell gets brought up, but old dudes. Uh, oh no, they're at the they're at the after at the, the riot at the house. house, and he's yeah. sitting there and he's talking to him, and he's he gives like him offers him a cigarette. He takes the cigarette and he fucking the the cop lights his cigarette and then he lights it twice for Loomis, but he doesn't acknowledge it, so he just like bumps him and gives him the lighter. Yeah, Loomis keeps this lighter, crumbles at the end of the thought that he was angry about. Crumbles the cigarette, throws it down, keeps the lighter, and then what that made me think of it because you talked about um the nurse. Yes, the nurse. And it's so funny because he's all he's smooth about it. She's like about to smoke a cigarette. He's like, Here you go. I stole this yeah. lighter for this purpose and to explore the hospital. But I don't minutes. remember you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I didn't recognize you after I fired the six bullets. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, you also that um the hot tub scene what i don't know if you either one of you noticed but whatever he's cranking the fucking heat up on this thing <laughs> there's a spot on the edge that's like scalding you don't <laughs> want to get to this point <laughs> it's like that's where i want to be to cook these bitches but and why would a fucking like therapy tub have a scalding setting Exactly. It's like you don't go this far, but in case you do, this is what's gonna happen. We tried to treat this pulled muscle. Nothing's working. Let's turn this bitch up to scalding. Well, how would a catatonic boy of fifteen years know how to? Like, I wouldn't know how to do that. He's well versed for somebody that didn't have any formal education. Yeah, exactly. And then the guy that fucking works there as the EMT. Whenever the fucking the shits, and you have to assume they've done this before. This isn't their first rodeo. They've taken a hot tub bath fuck session before. But he goes oh, whenever yeah. he's oh, like, yeah, I'm he knew go how many fix door, it. He knew how many doors it was. He's like, yeah, it's just three doors down. Yeah, and it's funny because he goes in there and he doesn't do anything. He just looks at it and taps the glass on one of the gauges and just looks. And that's when you get the background strangulation, which I like that. I like yeah. that scene where it was like in the background, she's putting a towel on or whatever, he, flashing her tits. He sat there and tapped that thing for an exceedingly long time, though, before Michael finally yeah. killed him. He's just like, Duh. yeah, exactly. Tap, tap, Let's tap, tap. That's because he's just wanting to get back in the hot tub to get fucking laid. He's like, I don't yep. know. Shit. Tap. And then how about he got out and did what works. She, he got out, did what she asked. And when Michael comes in there and touches her shoulder and she thinks it's him, she's like, nah, I changed my mind. I'm good. Yeah. I got to go back to work. And it's funny because she starts sucking on this dirty ass, nasty ass finger. <laughs> you couldn't fucking realize it's not her boyfriend. How dirty is this when, EMT? When you started tasting blood and <laughs> grease and shit. And yeah. dog. And um, a lot of dog. Right. But yeah, this shit's crazy. And actually, that <laughs> nurse is Dr. Vogel in the Dexter series in the last season. I don't know if either one of you watched that, but it's Didn't really it crazy. I did not believe it till I looked it up. I was like, holy shit. But, but yeah. But anyway, so he's killing the shit out of all these people in this goddamn terrible fucking hospital. And yeah. he finally gets. And, and the. The kills were more gory. Laurie. The kills were more gory in this movie, right? But they yeah. paled in comparison to other movies at the time. 
So yeah, it's like maybe you should just stick with what worked in part one because gore is not your other than the razor blade in the mouth. There's nothing really spectacular here, right? As far as special effects go in these kills. Yeah. Like even a dude getting hit in the head with a hammer. Yeah, it was terrible. It was like a little fucking puppet. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, that wasn't, it looked pretty bad. But that's probably what they were thinking. It was like, look, we didn't have enough gore in the first one. We didn't have the budget. So let's bump it up and have some blood. We're going to spend and five they, more dollars. Yeah. Can, can we <laughs> exactly. acknowledge that the coroner who identified Ben Tramer's teeth without a cavity? No, he didn't Pretty identify. Impressive. They just said the age. They didn't never say who it was based off the dental records. No, but he said he said that there was no cavity. Yeah, and so based on that, he thought it would be like a seventeen to eighteen year old person. Yeah, and Loomis is like Michael's twenty one. Yeah, yeah. The coroner was the deputy in Jaws. That's crazy. I didn't Side notice note. that one. No, I did not notice this, that one. And this movie has inconsistencies too. Uh, I wanted to point out. Like, did y'all notice the inconsistency with Lori's condition? Yes. Like yes. some like when she first gets in there, she's all jacked up and can't move. But then at one point she's running just fine for Michael. But then when she gets outside and Loomis shows up, she can't fucking walk or speak. She's like Hell, even before that, when she was in the room with the nurse, she was catatonic. And then the nurse walks out to check another room on a patient's light that came on. Michael fucking beelines it to her room. And in that little time she came out of this trance. I think she was faking. I I honestly think Terminator 2 ripped off Halloween 2. But yeah, so she stuffs the bed for the pillows and then he stabs that and she's she's at that point very slowly walking down the hall to get away from him. She was faking in the parking lot though when like she was able to run away from him. That's when she that's when she like picked the the worst time to to not be able to walk. If she'd been able to walk. (laughs) Or speak. Yeah. Or speak when she'd exactly. been able to speak. And how fucking terrible is it that they leave their car, Loomis and the sheriff and the what's her face, they get there. They leave out of the car. Loomis's window is down, by the way, and you never see him roll it up, but they in the car, they beeline it to the door, right? Well, the door's open for them. They get in there, and then they lock the motherfucker they immediately. Lo- right. I mean, I guess well, before that, that, thinking about it, I guess it would be maybe he was trying to lock him in. But we saw what happens whenever you lock him out. He walks through the goddamn glass and that like just, it's yeah, nothing. Exactly. The motherfucker explodes, dude. He barely yeah. touches it, and glass just comes shooting everywhere. Before yeah. that, before that, the uh, blonde-headed cool. nurse. Hang on. The blonde-headed nurse who eventually gets killed with a scalpel. Yeah. He's the last one. You're talking about the scalpel She's that going, doesn't bend when he picks him up yeah. off the ground? Yeah. And she, and Jimmy tells her, you know, uh, go and get help. And she runs to her car. Car won't start. And she runs gets out. back inside. She sees all these tires deflated. So the killer is leaving you clues for you not to escape from the place that you're escaping from. So you run back into the place yeah. that the killer wants you to be in. I shot him six times. He's I mean, no man. <laughs> Did you notice that the fucking ambulance tires, though, were not slashed? Because I was looking around and then you see the ambulance in the background. It's like, yeah, he got tired. He's like, nobody, yeah. nobody, speaking, they, they, speaking, all the ambulances are stick shit. Speaking of ambulances, and this is out of sequence, but whatever, because this whole podcast has been out of sequence. 
How about when it's all said and done, they put Lori in an ambulance so she can go to another fucking hospital? <laughs> I know, dude. I know. It's like they are saving her from this hospital and bringing well, her you, to another hospital. That should have been do part you want three. Her to go to an ambulance with burnt up babies. No, that should have been yeah. part three. That should have been her going to a new hospital and Michael's burnt ass corpse showing up at the next one. Yeah. And he just follows her across the nation, hospital to hospital. Yeah. There you go. I mean, Saul did that shit, right? Same fucking plot for eight movies. Yep. But yeah, man, I know we I know we touched on it with uh Loomis, you know, finally catching up to her. They finally meet back up. You know, he's able to protect her again at the nick of time again. And uh yeah, so they're you know, he's fucking unloaded on him again. As soon as he breaks through that glass we were talking about, he unloads on him again. Six more shots to the chest. Yeah. And then they run, they get cornered, they go into a, uh, what was it, like an operating room, right? Yeah. They go into like an operating room, and then she's off in the corner. He's like, here's a gun, bitch, you're going to need this thing. Gives right. her the loaded gun. Whenever he goes to shoot Michael in the fucking face, click, click, it's empty. Then he gets stabbed and thrown to the side. But you got Laurie. Here she is. Shoots him in the eyes. Both fucking eyes shoots him in him. And I was expecting him to take a, a, hey, a, a Michael Myers nap, but he let me, didn't. Let me, uh, let me pull he was a just Josh. blinded. Let me pull a Josh real quick before we uh, talk about this more. And we're going to come back to that because I got a thought about that too. But when they shoot him, when Loomis shoots him those uh, extra six times to give us up to 12 times, the marshal, the, the dumbest motherfucker in the movie who has a gun on his hip, instead of shooting this motherfucker in the face six more times, Decides to kneel down beside this guy, who we already know has been shot six times, plus another six times, walking through glass doors like they're nothing. Come on, man. Better safe than sorry. There's no trial at this point. Just shoot that motherfucker a few more times in the face. <laughs> it's like he knelt down to say, hey, are you really dead? Or are you just <laughs> yeah. faking? I, I won't did like tell that him. Character, hey, though. Can you tell me about yeah. Loomis as a psychiatrist? I've heard rumors, but I'm not sure. Did he do this? Is he hurting you? Yeah. Blink once if yes. Yeah. But yeah, when but he, yeah, he when definitely he, slashes his ass up and throws him to the side and he's 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 fucking did dog you food now. When uh when Michael gets shot in the eyes that the blood it's a horrible special effect when you see it in HD, but the perfect. blood is coming from the top part, right behind yeah. the uh, holes in the eyes. So it looks like it's coming out of his forehead and down the front of his mask, which once again, in standard definition, probably looks really good. HD looks horrible. But then Michael does this shit because he doesn't do your the the Michael nap like he said. He puts one hand over his face and he just starts swiping erratically. Oh, yeah. And, and the sound effect is like a kung fu. Yeah, it is. Movie. Yeah, and then they start fucking turning bottles on and making noises to distract him so Lori can get away. And then she finally gets away. And Lewis pulls out that stolen lighter. It makes I, its way back. Let's just be honest. I'm surprised Loomis let Lori get away. I'm I'm surprised that I, Loomis wasn't like, <laughs> man, I can end this once and for all. I'm going to kill both of you motherfuckers. He'll <laughs> Whatever be dead, it takes. And if he's not dead, he won't have a reason to come back. Exactly. Whatever it takes to get this fucker taken care of. And then, yeah, like you said... <laughs> After he explodes a hospital full of fucking babies, <laughs> she uh she gets carried onto another hospital that hopefully will do a better job of <laughs> keeping her safe. Oh man. 
But I enjoyed watching them again. Well, like I, I enjoyed watching them back to back too. I feel like you Hold have up. to. The the second one's not as good as the first one. One, one I more agree, thing before we. But I like watching that. them together. Now Lewis shot that guy dead ass in the face, right? Yeah. How thick is Michael's fucking skull to stop those bullets? Because there was no exit wound. So this uh, guy's. Yeah. This dude at this point is just walking around with two bullets wedged in his fucking brain. Yep. And He's somehow, a bad re- motherfucker. somehow regrows his eyes. I guess it was the rejuvenating power of fire. Yep. Sam Hain. Sam Hain. I forgot. Yeah, we needed a plot device to explain all this. Well, let me. The curse okay, of look, thorn. Six times. Look, we're about to we're about to wrap it up. I, I want to ask y'all this. Um, I think all of us enjoy both of these movies. One's a classic. One's a pretty solid sequel. Where do you rank it with Friday 1 and 2 and Nightmare 1 and 2? Oh, man, you're delving into what could be another episode, man. That could be a Patreon. You're talking about Halloween for the one Patreon and two. we don't have. Yeah. Nightmare 1 and 2, Friday 1 and 2, all yeah. competing for which one was the better first two movies. Which was the better, like, original sequel? The best sequel was probably Nightmare no, 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 no. One and two. One and two. I still say Nightmare on Elm Street was one. What? What? I would too. God damn it. Then I'd say. F- I would say Friday. Well, 13th, see, yeah, hold on. see, I would. I'd say Halloween. Like, yeah, see, that's my thing. Like, I really like what Halloween did. And when we did our 31 for 31, Halloween was my number one pick. It's not my number one horror movie of all time, but it is up there. And out of the 31 for 31, it was my number one. Um, because, like I discussed then, out of the three villains, I like Michael Myers. Like, the fear factor of what makes him tick. We've had this discussion before. You both land in the same spot. I know that Freddy's a, a dream demon. But, uh, and, you know, Jason is a zombie. A mongoloid. But with Michael, he's just pure evil. That's what's scary. There, He has no motive. At all. He just snapped, and that's him now. It's not that his mom got killed. It's not that he got burnt. Yeah. And all this shit. I really like I really like Michael Myers. and uh, But, like we know, Friday the 13th is my favorite franchise. I, I agree with but, what you're saying about but, yeah. Michael as a character. And that was one of the things I didn't like about the Rob Zombie movies was, let's give Michael a reason to kill people. And it's because he was in a white trash family that, like, Michael is a a kid from a suburban family that is seemingly well-adjusted and he just kills people, never says a word about it. That was creepy. Michael is a foul mouth punk kid. Who's mutilating rats and cutting himself already and shit like that. It's, I agree. That is my biggest complaint about Rob Zombie movie. And the fact that he had to throw a fucking rape in there. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be a Rob, it wouldn't be a Rob Zombie movie unless somebody got raped. Yeah, and it's like whatever. Hey, look, what was the first one? House of a Thousand Corpses. I don't know if that was his first yes. one. That oh, dude, yeah. he's been raping in every fucking one of them. But that well, I, I knew in like, that really scared rejects. people. That's something nobody's really fucked with, and which I haven't seen that. I don't know, but I do know that House of a House. <laughs> yeah, House of a Thousand one. Corpses. Yeah, it was. So I'm not sure about the rape, but I know that it's that. That's how he kind of do, does his thing. And I can respect that for him to kind of play with it and play with people's fears a little bit and bring it out. But when it's like, oh, man, that really worked. I'm going to do that in every film. And then you bring it into Halloween. It's annoying. But but yeah, anyway. But anyway, yeah, man, I loved it. I loved it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing this. 
It was nice. It was fun. Can't wait to do it again. For you, Bone, where would Halloween and Friday rank? Well, I told you. The probably, sequels. It, it would probably be uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, then Friday the 13th, and then Halloween. I think I think that Halloween 2 is the weakest of the sequels out of the three. No, it is the weakest. And I but think, I think Friday 13th is a continuation of all six is the weakest. The original. I think Friday the 13th Part 2 might be my up there as my favorite or second favorite, but the first one just, it doesn't do anything for me, personally. Well, and that's an opinion. I think there's enough there in the first one to push it past. The uh, the the things that happen in Halloween 2 almost feel inconsequential to Michael getting to Lori. And then, and then inconsequential to Loomis getting to the scene. Like, Loomis literally spends the movie somewhere else, just on a wild goose chase, right? Until he gets a plot device that brings him back to the hospital. That's where he spent the first movie, too. I know, that's what I'm saying. And that to me, that's it's part of the problem. It's like Loomis is like one of the strongest pieces of the movie, yet Loomis's entirety of the movie is just him fucking, you know, well, you Being can't have him place. with Michael, though. But he could be more effective. He's he was highly ineffective. The way they portrayed his character, I mean, he's just he doesn't have to be with Michael. But he wasn't even on the trail of things as they was happening. It wasn't like he was just missing by one step. It was like he wasn't involved at all. He's like Daniel said, he's just chilling at this fucking house in the first movie. Well, he, he's there for exposition in the and first one to let you know how dangerous one, Michael is. And then in the second one. As much as I like his interactions with the different cops, I thought it was fucking hilarious. He's still not a part of the movie. So well, he's telling people that he shot him eight right. times. That is important that he tells people he shot him six times. I mean, everybody, six times. everybody needs to know that. And I think he almost accomplishes the goal of telling everybody in town. You know, now he gets to say 12. Yeah. But yeah, like my thing is, is I'm a sucker for the the back to back. So that's why I, I'm looking at yeah, them both yeah, as a whole. Yeah. And I really like that. So for me, it would be. Halloween, uh, Nightmare, Friday. Friday That's what. Okay, so we're all different here. We're all different. Nice. Huh? No, it wasn't. It was five years apart. Yeah, it was far enough for him to like. It was five years. Oh, seven. Yeah. Now part two and three are back to back. And then three and four. But yeah, definitely enjoyed doing this. It was fun. Love talking movies and such. Glad you had me back. I like how you every time you're on here. The two times you've been on here. It's only been the second time. I know. I just said that. Thank you, Josh. And the last. But you act like it's some last. you act like it's some kind of privilege, like that we may not invite you back when anytime you're home, you're gonna be on here. Yeah, I know. I just <laughs> like to be grateful. There's no there's no need for that here. All right. So, so what do you have any I mean, ideas on what the next episode's gonna be, Bone? No, we don't. <laughs> uh Maybe maybe some Bruce Willis action movies. I think that's what Josh was thinking, George. So maybe we go. I was going to say next. Josh should pick. Josh has had say. Don't let him sit there and say he hasn't picked. Anything. I have not had say. It's fine though. I don't care. I don't care. Hashtag give Josh a turn. Please keep that trending. Well, Josh would ever. never know if it was trending because he doesn't do Twitter. So it's true. I don't know. Yeah. Josh barely oh, advertises his podcast on Facebook. And the one time he did advertise it, he made one of his friends mad. So. <laughs> yeah. 
It'd be funny if he's listening now and he and he got this far in the fucking podcast. But yeah, we're thinking maybe Die Hard Two versus Last Boy Scout. I like it. And I've actually, to be honest with you, I've never seen Last Boy Scout, so that would give me something new. I think I haven't seen it in a long time. So far, out of all our episodes, there's only been one movie I think I haven't seen beforehand, and I think it's probably the same for Josh. And that was Repo Man. Yeah, I hadn't seen it then. until y'all talked about it. I watched it after you talked about it, and uh, yeah, it was very interesting. But I had never seen it before that. Josh has to give us numerical ratings on each movie because that's his thing. And people um, come yeah. here for that. That's the only reason they listen to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween would be a uh, probably be like an eight point seven. Um, okay, okay. It's not quite a nine, but it's closer to a nine than an eight. Halloween, at times it it moves rather slowly, but what Carpenter did with the music, uh, the atmosphere, the tracking shots is amazing. Uh, Halloween two, I think, would be like a six point six. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be, or as critics made it out to be. I mean, it's it does its purpose, right? It does its job? Yeah, I mean, it, there's nothing. It moved the story along, and it brought the story to a conclusion that you know they didn't stick with, but it brought it to a conclusion where if that had been the last Halloween movie with Loomis and Michael Myers, that you could have been like, yeah, I could see that these people mm-hmm. burned up to a crisp. Instead yeah. we're left wondering how Michael Myers is alive and Loomis is alive. And Loomis only has a tiny scar on his fucking face after being blown up. And I'll forgive that because you're bringing back Loomis, you know, but we, we need that crazy maniac. I love Loomis. Not a Halloween movie without him. It definitely isn't. Got a love of Loomis. So, but I, I love think how overall, his craziness escalates. Yeah, right. I think that was another thing about the Rob Zombie movies too. Real quick before we get off, that Loomis in that movie, whatever he was a character, but you can't beat the original. No, like that. Like Donald Pleasance just took that shit to. Another That's level. the Loomis I always dream about. Right. So it's the Loomis I masturbate to. <laughs> exactly. I guess everybody would recommend the first two Halloween movies, then, huh? Definitely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So we're all in agreement there. You could all do right. a lot worse. Yeah. Any uh, any final thoughts there, Daniel? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much even after the rewatch, you know, still in the same position of love for the movies, and uh, was happy to learn a few extra little tidbits. That was nice. I'm always happy to hear about who Josh loves. So, Josh, take it away. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. If you're listening to this right now, if you got this far in this episode, goddamn, um, you know you're looking cute today. Uh, you know, look in the mirror, give yourself a wink. Uh, <laughs> you, you you go out and do your thing today because you you're beautiful, and I love you, and I love Bone's stepdad, uh, Stefan. Uh, Wisniewski. Um, You're listening to this. Um, You're looking extra cute. And I love you. I like how how you can tell how long the podcast has went on by how drunk Josh is. By the time we get to this. (laughs) I mean, and everybody's drinking except for Daniel, who's drinking fucking Diet Cokes or some shit. 
Next time, hey, it's Daniel. It's Coke Zero. Next time, Daniel. We know you don't drink beer, so just go ahead and get you a fifth of Jack. Or is it you don't drink liquor, you drink beer? Yeah, oh, that's right. First. You drink. I fully Stella, plan on drinking again. Stella, I mean, because <laughs> you're a fancy. Now, I, I actually picked up some Coors Light, but I have to take Hayden. Coors to his, Light. Uh, <laughs> I had to take Hayden to uh, his lesson, so I'm not going to be able to do any drinking. But yeah, you got to top the Rockies, man. <laughs> I like how he's got Coors Light this time, but every time I'm around this motherfucker, he's like, "Man, this is all I drink now, Stella." Yeah. I, Look, I know it's Daniel. It was either going to be Coors Light or Stella, but my bet would have been on Coors Light. That's well, hey, easier to find. You know, if you, it uh, is. It is. If you go it to is. Kroger, you can get the Coors Banquet in the bottles. That way you can be like Johnny Lawrence on Cobra Kai. Oh, I'd love to do that just once. If we ever do an episode talking about that show, no, no, be no, 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 no. You should do that just because Coors Banquet is good beer, though. I actually wanted to try it. I've never tried I it. I wanted Coors. to try it's it. It's just Coors original. I just, yeah. No, I've never tried it. Never tried this, it. This arrogant bastard L is pretty good too. You should try it when you're down, Josh. But anyways, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, you can check us out on the website, veryunreasonablethings.com. Our Facebook page, Very Unreasonable Things. If you need some kind of Twitter contact, it's I was Billy Bone. Daniel, do you have Twitter? No, uh, no. Okay, so I guess I'm your lone source of contact on that one. Uh, we're on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, hopefully some other ones. So I'm waiting on the emails back. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.